ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, we're excited to be here tonight with Michael Basham of FaithBucks.com and Spirit Wars. Michael, why don't you open us up in prayer? With pleasure. Lord, we unsheath our battle rifles, our swords, our spiritual weapons, and we just break through whatever is trying to mog and bog us down and keep us from your love and joy and peace. I thank you for the effectiveness of your word, of speaking your word, of fellowshipping and the love of the brethren, one with another, that for all the people out there that don't have a good family situation or they're lonely or they think AI is their girlfriend or whatever, and they're just empty, we ask for uh, a waterfall of your presence, your kingdom, the reality of heavenly culture, of the heavenly cloud of witnesses. I ask that you guide this conversation today and give us exactly what is needed for those listening to be blessed and to see via faith, to see the reality of things unseen, to know things that are unknowable to the fleshly carnal mind. Just give us your wisdom and direction, Lord. And I ask for angels to surround us, angels to be with each person listening tonight or this morning, or wherever they are. And I thank you for this beautiful day, just this gorgeous, beautiful day, and nature is just praising God everywhere, sunshine and rivers flowing and the after rains, and we ask for the, the telecommunications to be clear. We rebuke any spirit of the power of the air that would try to keep us from being able to communicate the things that you want to share tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Michael, Hallelujah. the mic is yours. Take right. it away, brother. Start in New York. Take it away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. We got a lot on our, a lot of stuff to go through. Woo. I'm going to grab my coffee here really quick. And um, Coffee's you guys good. have your spiritual coffee as well. Take some communion and the fellowship of the only ritual Jesus gave us really was just the communion of his table in remembrance of what he did on the cross. So first off, let's get that squared away that Jesus Christ already won the battle. So spirit wars is not about, some new thing. This is an ancient angel war, which we'll touch on, but it's playing out in the legal system, kind of like you might convict someone or like they think they're going to indict Trump and get him in prison or whatever, but actually playing that out is going to be a much different story. And so likewise, we're seeing these attacks from all directions 
the fires in Ontario that all started at the same time, which is a total impossibility, are now causing a climate crisis. And I just got off the phone with a dear friend in Brooklyn who is a listener of, of Spirit Wars, Spirit Force, and he told me that they're now doing remote distance learning. The masks are back on. People are seeing weird things. Like there's these almost like a apparition of different suns in the air. He's like, it looks like Tatooine out here. <laughs> so the desert planet in Star Wars. So they're definitely making their move. Obviously they're not going to be able to cover the entire United States with that cloud. Um, but I'm up at 3,500 feet elevation and I even saw some of the haze here in Western North Carolina. So it's very interesting that they're trying, they're pushing. And the reason shows like this are so important and the shows that we've been doing a lot of collaborations, strange o'clock podcast and fringe radio network podcast. And let's get jacked up and all these different shows and all the people that Omega man has on his show. The reason why this is so important, it's not to make people look in the flesh. They're like, Oh, well, how much money are you making? You know, whatever, you know, Lenora Sarver, she's going strong, but she's, Listening to um, dual candle radio yesterday, I mean, the lady's been a prophetess for over 15 years on the internet, and you're seeing our numbers severely diminished artificially. But the reason why it's so important, even if you know it's not making a whole lot of money or whatever, I explain to people it opens up totally different kinds of doors. When you testify your faith publicly, it opens up doors, and God will supply all your needs. So it's not about that. What it is about is we're kind of like the restrainer in the Holy Bible that keeps the Antichrist from showing up too fast. Because the day of the Lord is at hand. Listen to Benjamin Baruch. But if you don't have anybody stand up and speak out against this and expose it and, and literally just the watchmen on the wall, like cry out, then the enemy gets in a lot faster and you've got your Armageddon, you know, right away and no warning for the women and the children to get to safety. If that makes any sense. So what's happening with this lockdown, the climate lockdown, obviously it's not going to work for the entire country, but they're pushing, they're seeing what they can get away with. They're seeing what's happening. My friend in Brooklyn owns a coffee shop and is just friends with all the police, all the firefighters, all the, I mean, he's, his family's Jewish, just a wonderful guy and so much love. So interested in these kind of, kind of conversations and wants to do his own show pretty soon. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention the name, but it's hilarious. Absolutely. But give, he, give it up. Oh, I, I mean, okay, well, it's going to, I don't want to say it because he might, oh, okay. somebody might steal it. He hasn't started okay, it yet. Okay, don't do that yet. But when he's ready uh, to release it, by all <laughs> means, we'll promote it. Let him know. Let's just say it's um, expletives in the title that are in the Bible, so technically it's biblical, but... Um, you know, he's one of these kind of edgy, cool guys that can, um, I think people who swear sometimes are more honest, honestly, even though I don't recommend swearing, but you know, whenever, whenever you get, get to talking to this dude, it's just like, Oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I curse, you know, but just a really loving person from the, from Brooklyn, you know, born and raised out there. And he's just talking about his coffee shop and, you know, maybe we could sell some Moringa and stuff like, let's go to, let's go to wake. Really cool guy. Anyway, um, the community of people, you know, we talk about bubbled cities, like Holy Spirit protection over certain cities. 
well, this is in the spirit, an area of Brooklyn that is just covered by the Holy Spirit, that there are people that have so much love. They didn't go along with the lockdowns. They don't believe any of the lies. And it's like FU establishment. We're going to keep our, our shops open, all of it. So there's people, I think there's people all around the world, all over around the country, especially that are keeping open, keeping in business, keeping things rolling. And this is one of those people, another ally. And, um, I, I find that very interesting that God is raising up communities. I'm looking at one right now of people that are just building their own little bartering system. They have people are different skilled and different things. They can help each other out, whatever babysitting farming. I've got my goats, my chickens. We're building a chicken coop like never before and uh, feeding the fish while my sister's out of town, these big trout pond that they've got. It's just, it's like, there's so much that we're doing that in preparation for the show today, I'm trying to look through the last few days, like prepare, like, okay, what's going on. And it feels like watching a movie because in front of me is so much blessing. There's so much provision. There's so many good things coming into our lives. Despite you feel like you're making it by the skin of your teeth. Sometimes everybody's going to feel like that, but back to the lockdowns in Brooklyn, I think um, what I can, what I can gather the Intel from this, just like Henry Gruber's vision, just like um, I forget which prophet, but Benjamin Baruch mentioned this too, that when the nukes fall, that there are going to be places that are just protected. And sometimes the angels will come and tell you, okay, time to get out of Dodge, time to get out of New York City or wherever. Other times, there are going to be people that walk out of these nuclear fires and dust clouds, and the, and the government knows this. And they're going to be unscathed without even the smell of smoke upon them. So this is the, this is the end time church that I am endeavoring to not just speak to, but to be a part of. And I have seen glimpses of it. It's a very elusive thing. The Holy spirit is like a dove. Whenever um, you succumb to the darkness and fear and just getting into whatever this, this world, then you can't, any longer be a good safe landing zone for God's supernatural realm. And because of the nature of my life where God put me in these different, very unique situations, I have lived in communal situations where people were praying and prophesying day in and day out and doing, you know, a little bit of the hippie commune thing, but there was a sense of peace. Like I can't explain maybe a few churches where you go and it's just really powerful in the spirit, but this culture of heaven is coming down it's descending upon the earth through us in our hearts and we have to keep bringing up the bible and the truth and the foundation the people like michael savage one of the guys that you know new yorker living in san francisco he was on last night listening to him while i was um uh cleaning out this new barn that we just got a miracle barn thank god we got it on the property total miracle i call it the nativity barn I'm out there trying to do some work and it starts pouring rain. So I'm just listening to Michael Savage and I'm walking, trying to get shelter from the rain. And he says, literally, the sky is dark and there's thunder and there's lightning. And all we have is the Holy Bible. And I'm like, what? This Jew is talking about the Bible, the Holy good book. And, and as soon as he said thunder and lightning, it started thundering and lightning flashed, which is a very rare thing at this high of elevation for some reason. So I felt there was something going on with him. 
he says, I don't even need to be on the radio, but look, this at this point, I need to warn everybody, the only way we're going to get out of this in this country is God. Wow. They're indicting Trump. There is no way. It's just going to be our fathers who aren't in heaven, basically. <laughs> Isn't that cool and scary? Absolutely. Praise God for that. God's reaching people. Might- Adam Curry got saved, uh, who's been on Joe Rogan about five times now. The Podfather. Oh, wow. God is saving people out there uh, in positions of influence, too, that you may never have thought that were going to come around. Keep praying, folks. Uh, we're live with Michael Basham. Michael, keep going. That's so good. That, see, the good news, this is why we need to stay in communications, guys. I see a, a much smaller Internet coming in the future, a much larger, broad is the way to destruction, Facebook, Metaverse, all that stuff. We've ranted that on that so many times, but needs to be reiterated because the AI, even Drudge this morning was saying, look, the people that are using AI in their daily life are way more depressed. They are way more, you know, binge drinking after work and this kind of thing because you're spending your entire life doing interacting with something that isn't alive, but pretends to be. And that is going to be the internet. The internet is going to be as different in the future as, the internet today is from the early 2000s internet before Facebook. You know, MySpace was like a little fun little thing. I never used the internet until I was a missionary and they gave me access to research and getting prophecies and this kind of thing. And then as soon as you start using the internet all the time, it turns into this double-edged sword where you're just, you have constant entertainment, constant stimulation. And then the next thing you know, you're not even going to websites anymore. You're on Facebook. You're on YouTube. You're watching things that can disappear the next second with stories. Oh, you got your TikTok stories that are they disappear in a few days. So there's no record anymore. So you're used to like information burning up. Well, people like you, Shannon, and the Fringe Radio Network, and these smaller communities, but powerful, strong. I mean, your audience is so strong. Like whenever I listen to a show or I'm on a show or I see the comments, I just feel the sense of strength and purpose and resolve and faith. And it's just addicting. It's like a drug. It's like, yes, I'm not even into drugs. And this is the the internet. This is what the purpose of it was in the beginning. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, thank you. Sometimes I feel like um, it's a Gideon 300. As far as Omega man radio goes, it's a small group, but you know, doc, Um, God can do things with small numbers of people who are willing to make a stand for Christ and uh, praise the Lord Um, God can do it with one man one woman standing in the gap how much more if we begin to pull together Michael keep going hallelujah hallelujah you know I want to I'm just pulling up the comments so I can actually see them I'll go back and look at them in a minute I want to tell you guys some things about what the internet is really for. It's like a library of God's knowledge. And maybe someday we'll even get an AI that can like help us sort out so that, you know, you find out every single um, unique prophecy about the millennium or every time somebody, you know, met an alien in a, in a spiritual dream or something like that. I mean, that would be very useful. Kind of a C3PO you know, human cyborg relations or an R2-D2, like, you know, so you can kind of navigate and not use Google all the time staring at your ugly phone. I think that's, that's a use 
for artificial intelligence that's contained in its own unit and it's not able to control your life and dominate your life like some kind of weird Jezebel abusive relationship, which we're finding out it, it really is. And it's going to pervade into every little detail of your life. Just like now you're kind of creeped out when you have a conversation with somebody about, hey, we should do this for this weekend. And then you sit down on the toilet and you stare at your phone and it tells you like advertisements for what you just said. That creepy feeling like, ew, you were listening to that? Ew. And that's greedy companies. But the future, artificial intelligence is going to make it so that you can't even trust a phone call. You can't even be sure if somebody talking to you on via the internet is real or not. I saw someone sent me a video of, um, actually it was my buddy in Brooklyn, sent me this video of Trump catching an octopus and cooking it. And it's literally all drawn by AI and it's kind of like an animation thing, but they just took videos of a composite of Trump. And then it shows him wading out into the beach, into the water, and he's catching an octopus and dragging it across the beach and then cutting it up. They took like a cooking show, nature videos of octopuses or octopi and Donald Trump. And it's just the creepiest thing. And then he's eating at a table with Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and they're like feeding each other. And it's just like, no. And you know, this is just the beginning to where they're going to make it to that video. You can't even trust video anymore. It's like, well, here's a video of so-and-so. Michael Basham came in back of my yard and he, he took my goat and he stabbed it and he cooked it in the backyard. I'm telling you, officer, it was him. Here's the video. And it's like literally me running in the backyard, chasing a goat with a knife and keep killing it and eating it. <laughs> I mean, it would be so easy for AI to do because my face has been on the internet so long. You know, um, I, this is what, it's yeah. not far-fetched. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many people remember, but if you didn't see the movie, you need to go back and watch the 1987 movie. That was the year I graduated okay. high school, by the way, 1987. Um, oh, called cool. The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the premise is the government sets up Arnold with fake footage showing him doing something that he didn't do, and he's arrested on it. And uh, basically a forerunner of AI and deepfake. I mean, deepfake, rather, you know, which is out there. I heard a warning the other day. They said, uh, some government agencies said, uh, we're just giving you a heads up out there. Uh, the more photos that you have on social media, the greater the chance of someone using AI at a not-too-distant date and putting you into a porn video. Now, we've seen what can be done with a deepfake. Yeah. Imagine weaponizing this against your opponent, political opponent, and they've got you up there in some porn video with your face on on a body. And, you know, how are you to know? This stuff looks so real these days. Um, and, um, and use it. That's just one of the nefarious uses for this. Fake everything out there. Uh, fake voices, fake videos, deep fake. There's one that goes around, you know, it's a Tom Cruise channel, and there's one with Keanu Reeves. And it's not Keanu Reeves or Tom Cruise. It's a deep fake. You know, technology doubles every six months. They said computing power. How fast is this deep fake and AI going to double, Michael? Literally, the genie is out of the bottle. Back to you. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to um, give people despair or dread. Um, I'm trying to tell you that there's a fighting force and even if you don't have 
8 million people watching everything you do. You know, we've got Tucker Carlson on Twitter with 100 million views. It's probably going to go up to 200 million. Wow. And Fox is trying to get it to silence him. I mean, it shows you that it's not about the money. It's not even about necessarily always the numbers. It's just control. And the, and sometimes the money and the numbers are like a bonus cherry on top. You know, Solomon asked for wisdom, then he got riches too. This is where we're at. And, um, yeah, like the Twitter thing is such an enigma to me. Like Elon Musk and I, I don't go on a lot of these microblogs as they are, social media things, as much as possible. Or at least I try not to. Maybe in a weak moment, I'll, I'll binge through Instagram and be like, oh, I feel sick. Oh, I got a social media hangover. Oh, But, you know, the real use of the Internet is, as I was saying, it's like an archive of a library of God's wisdom so that you can begin to know the things that God has in store for you. And a lot of the, the really good juicy stuff is behind a paywall. And the stuff that isn't, you should be donating to like Omega man's 10,000 strong archive of, of stuff that I don't even know how he can get the bandwidth for that. If you didn't have um, uh, a pod bean and different systems, we need to be, all of us need to be like little gardeners. Don't depend on even me or fringe radio network or Omega man. You get thumb drives and download at least a couple dozen good sermons hard drives burn stuff to disc if there's an emp shockwave for a while all the hard drives are toast but i bet you all the all the dvd roms are probably going to be okay so make sure you have backups because they're going to try to erase the truth it says that the antichrist casts the truth to the ground and tries to change the times and seasons and speaks just blasphemy against the most high so we're going to see this all happen guys it could happen very soon there's timelines different timelines i'm a firm believer in the seven year timeline. So we're not going to get raptured all of a sudden. There's data that's coming out that it's possibly 2030 that Jesus comes back. And that would fulfill the um, olive branch, fig, fig tree prophecy. See, I need to brush up on my prophecy here, but there's some really, really important um, data on this. And I'll be sharing stuff on telegram Whenever I can, people are sending me things. I have guys that have been long-term missionaries in Zambia. They have their orphanage shut down, and they call me up, and they're still working hard, you know, here in um, good old USA now after getting kicked out of Zambia for helping kids, of all things. <laughs> you know, oh, you can't do that. You can't have an orphanage because of COVID. Give this greedy person that got litigious the keys to your orphanage, and we're going to shut it down and sell it. Literally what happened to Thomas Morrow. And um, he's calling me up his son's going back to taiwan his son used to live with me there and he's saying michael what do we do and i'm like don't ask me that i always look to you for leadership and he's really a seasoned veteran missionary and then i kind of jokingly said to him well you know i guess since we're all retired now we should just buy bigger barns and uh invest in some real estate and get some mortgages going and, and he knew i was joking and he laughed and and then he's like, well, Michael, the reason, the real reason I called you actually was, um, yeah, we need to, we need to discuss what we're going to do and everything missionary wise. But, um, I, I need you to watch this documentary about 2030 Messiah returns YouTube. It's on the telegram on facebook.com. I forget the exact name, but it's like a three hour presentation that just gives you 
a, a, like a rehash of all the prophecies about the return of Jesus Christ and the 7,000 years and then the last seven years. And it's just, it's so good to be, to brush up on that stuff. So I endeavor to keep abreast of prophetic timelines. And uh, even though I think I have a pretty good grasp of it, it's always going to be a little, a little bit fluid as we move forward as Jesus Christ actually does come to the door and knock both in our hearts and in the world. So again, the world is going crazy because Jesus is about to show up. And before he shows up, you know, the day of Christ's coming shall not come until the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition that exalteth himself above all that is called God. So they're not even going to be supporting the other religions. In the end, he's going to call himself God. And everybody that has the Oculus things and the metaverse stuff on their face and the Apple Pro vision, it's more of like no vision. It's like more like cutting off your vision to have that thing on your face. You're going to have to worship the beast. And he causes all rich and poor. Anybody who does not have the seal of God on their foreheads is going to worship the beast. How awful is that? Just to think of that. And the, the seal of God, last time I checked, it's only 144,000. So anyway, we need to do the math again and reread re the, the books in the Bible that deal with this period of time that we're in. Because how blind were even the disciples of Jesus during the revelation of the Messiah and all of those prophecies coming true in him. And it was hidden. It was coded. It was, it was all throughout the Old Testament. Their Bible at the time, obviously, was just the Old Testament. And they all missed it. At least the disciples had the heart to follow Jesus, but then they all forsook him and fled. But now we're in another prophetic time where we're getting so distracted. People are losing it. The AI is going in and controlling people and making them weird and crazy and just that. And then the, the news every day about what's happening on the forefront of, oh my gosh, the New York City lockdowns. And then you know, you listen to Alex Jones too much, which I tend to do sometimes. I'm kind of weaning off of the three hours a day and maybe just 30 minutes a day. And, you know, I'm working on it, but it's hard not to listen to him when he's got that good of a report every day. According to his analyses and the news that they've, intel that they've gathered, there is going to come at some point um, a lockdown blamed on Trump supporters shutting down the grid. So, uh, you know, have storable food and water and extra everything. If you can just expect your power to get turned off at some point. And then they're going to start these lockdowns that have to do with the, basically the cyber lockdown that Klaus Schwab mentioned with a very, very proud look in his face and which the Bible says God hates, by the way, these proud, no, all these fake news that Jesus Christ rise from the dead. This is, this is silly. This is fake news. You know, Klaus Schwab, the COVID-19 lockdown, nothing compared to the coming cyber lockdown. <laughs> you know, these ridiculous cartoon characters. But guys, it's going to happen just like the COVID thing happened. And nobody was ready for that. Except for, well, the people that were ready. I don't even think we were ready enough. And so get ready to be, to go through another, you know, the sword that divides the home, the people who are looking for these signs of the times, looking for the greater signs of the times, the Antichrist, the world, the world beast system, you're going to have to deal with family members that want to take their, whatever the new version of the Mark of the Beast is. 
and it's going to be really sad. And look, I've already lost so many friends and family in order to bring you this information. And I'm barely hanging on sometimes, but speaking the truth out loud, you know, we need more people to start shows. We need more communities. Like you got a few friends, start a show, start meeting Bible studies, whatever you got to do. It's going to be these more organic grassroots. You know, we, the parable of like having a garden, I just planted like 150 plants, by the way, I'm going to go check on them later. Hopefully they're, they're surviving. I've got chickens to fertilize them and hopefully they'll make it. It's like, I'm not going to be self-sufficient with just that, but I have something. My neighbor has something. My other neighbor has something. And then for some reason, the Holy spirit does this miracle where when we're all in unity, we can do unbelievable things. I mean, gosh, a hundred years ago, they went to the South pole. I watched this old movie from the forties with these British guys that just made it to the South pole. And they're, they're literally like killing their donkey that froze to death. And then they've got fro frostbite and they made it, but they were all pulling together these British men and their, their harmony and their peace of just like this sweet British. Oh, right. oh you're all right. Oh, I'm doing okay. What's wrong with your finger? Oh, it looks like it's rotten off. Oh, well, no problem. Anyway, and then it's like to the very last moment when they're all freezing to death, their spirits are still chippa and writing their last captain's log. Well, we made it to the North to the South pole, but well, I guess we died on the way home. And it's just this sense of what we can do when we get together. And hopefully we won't die. You know, that's not God's plan. I don't think he's sending anybody to the South pole Nazis down there. But um, anyway, he, uh, he, um, we have a really special power when we come together in unity, even the Bible said that if if we have perfect unity, there's nothing we can't do. And that's why he divided us via Babylon, the languages, all of that. So if we can come together and just do what we can and fellowship as much as we can and look at the bigger picture, which is what I love to look at. And sometimes I'll rant and, you know, stream of consciousness. And some people don't like that. Then go listen to somebody that's reading off a script. You know, I'm what I want to be real. And I want to share inspirationally what God is highlighting across the board, across the map. I mean, we can't cover every single country, every single uh, thing that, God, that the enemy and God are doing every day. But as long as you are forewarned, you are forearmed. And we have to keep presenting ourselves to God day after day and just say, all right, here's what I got, Lord. What do you want me to do today? And again, I think a lot of it is going to come down to, are we seeing the signs in the times? Are you reading Matthew 24 regularly and getting brushed up on where this is all headed with the AI and the metaverse and all that, with the lockdowns, with all those things, because God has a plan, but he loves to use the humble. And he sometimes has a Cyrus, King Cyrus or a King Trump or a King Tucker Carlson. By the way, Tucker is probably more popular than Trump right now. Probably could run for president at some point, but you know, we're supposed to be the humble church that just, be content with the clothes that you have and food and shelter. You know, don't, you don't have to be thinking like the world thinks. And I've noticed that a lot of people are starting to think that way again. They're like, well, what are you, what's your career? You know, what's your, uh, what's your, what's your 401k dude? You know, what kind of assets you got? Well, I'll tell you what I got. I'm not investing anything in cash and anything physical that you can invest in. If you have a little extra cash to buy a trailer or a barn or, you know, get out there and live by faith, but then see those opportunities where God might give you 
um, a car for a super low price that you can turn around and sell for more than you bought it for, not as a business, but as we're in an adventure of faith. And just as when Jesus showed up again, nobody knew it was him. They were like, all of them were, were not, he had to like patiently after that trauma of the cross and then being resurrected and tell, tell his disciples like the Bible lesson on a walk. Remember when he was disguised and nobody knew it was him until the very end until he literally broke bread. And then the, the cloaking shield power miracle thing went away and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're Jesus. And he's like, yep. And he disappears. They didn't even understand the prophecy after they saw all these things happen. How much more in this era, we think we all have the Bible app and, Oh yeah, we know the Bible. And when I get around to it, I'll read the Bible. No, they're going to erase the Bible from your little phone thing. They're going to erase the truth in front of your face when you're wearing those metaverse goggles. These signs of the times, I mean, we've got aliens now showing up in Las Vegas, which is like the most perfect place ever to have aliens show up. Like, definitely not human. These 10 foot tall, weird, crazy looking things that were in somebody's backyard that numerous people called and they saw like a falling UFO into the, I mean, this is what's happening now. You're going to get so distracted by this stuff. God knows if it was actually real or not. Even the police are on camera. They're like, hey, man, I ain't touching that. Sh I'm not getting involved with them. Man, they're all kind of, you could tell they were joking, but they were nervous. Like, all right, so we got aliens running around now. Is this, is this what we're doing? The report said that these 10-foot tall, definitely otherworldly creatures in somebody's backyard were trying to get on like a backhoe. So it must have been a big yard. <laughs> they had a backhoe or something, some kind of technology. They were trying to like drive it. And that they had uh, the ability to basically ruin anybody's camera equipment. So you didn't see any videos of them. So that's probably why we never see videos of any of this kind of thing. But this is mainstream news this month. So, you know, take it or leave it. Are you going to have space in your brain to go and study the prophecies in the Bible about the time that we're in right now when freaking alien UFOs creature things are running around all over the place, freaking everybody out. No, you're going to be like, well, where'd they come from? What's going on? Okay. Oh, well, Lester Holt here on the report on, oh, uh, we think they're from Alpha Centauri. You're going to be so interested in, I would be so interested in that. So that's why we have to use these times right now to be forearmed. Because if you're ready and you know the scriptures, you know what to look for. You're not going to go along with the next lockdown. I mean, it could happen this week. It could happen next month. It could happen in a year. I don't know. It's going to happen soon, though. You can see they're pushing right now. So, again, the Antichrist system is already here, but we haven't seen the, the son of perdition, the man of sin, the beast, many names, show up yet. And when he shows up, you think people are going to be like, Oh, it's the, it's Satan incarnate. We need to like run to the hills now. No, they're going to be so deceived, just like all these LGBT churches. They're going to be like, we've got to get the mark of the beast. All those anti-trans people don't want the mark. They're just crazy Trump supporters. Even if it's um, a small minority of people that are just going into this, the government and the big companies, just like they're falling on their swords with Nike and with uh, Bush, uh, Manheiser Bush and the trans, um, all the, um, all the advertising, they make you give the impression that, oh, you go to target and everything's rainbow flags. Even if it's not the majority that like it, they're still going to give you that weird deceit of like, yes, everybody likes 
you know, butchering children, this demon month, which is why I think we are, the warfare is off the charts this month, guy, because this is, guys, this is not normal pride month. This is not gay marriage. This is something so much more vile now where the pride thing is going. I mean, we give veterans one day and we give people that like to poopy up the rainbow a whole month. But so, okay, you let that happen. Satan's going to take more ground. He's going to take more ground. He's going to take more ground until he gets into your skull and then he starts to ruin your soul. If any of you have been in, in like a, if you've ever had a, an abusive relationship or somebody in the family that caused discord all the time, if you engage with that spirit and you think you can solve that or fix that and help that, so you let the vampire into your zone, the devil don't change, you change. So God is saying, get out of her, my people, you know, get deliverance, get just get awake and aware and realize. And that's why these, again, these shows are very important. I am stumbling over myself trying to bring you this information in our limited amount of time. And, um, the, the, the boil down of all of this stuff is if you got Michael Savage just saying, look, I don't think anybody can save us anymore. Like you can go out and try to vote for Trump and, and there's different opinions about this. Maybe he'll do some good. But at this point, if you've got major, well, ver like established thought leaders that are really their own men still, like Michael Savage saying, our only hope is in God at this point. You better pray. You better read the good book. I mean, this is, again, he's a Jew. He's like not even a Christian or so he says. This is it, guys. We have to continue to sound the alarm. At some point, we're not going to be talking about elections anymore. We're not even going to be interested in AI. We're not, the alien thing is going to be passe. It's going to be pure light versus darkness. It, the evil is going to be so pervasive. The world that we live in at that point will be such a fairy tale. Kind of already is for a lot of people that think the earth is flat. I'm not saying it's going to be like that. But when the spirit realm merges with the physical realm, science isn't going to make sense anymore. One plus one equals two is not even going to be like a sound doctrine with quantum physics with one could be one or zero, either one quantum computing. I mean, the very fabric, the nature, what Omega man was saying with deep fakes on the internet, where that's going. I don't think people understand and we can't really conceive of the level of darkness on their side that they're going to achieve. But on our side, for those of us, and I call people all day, every day, and I, I just, the, the, God speaks through me or speaks to me through them. And we just have like this beautiful bonfire of truth going on constantly. And the thing I can say is this, that when there was evil in the land in Israel, I forget exactly which era, but there's a verse that says, they that had fear of the Lord met often one with another, and they spoke often one with another. That kept that flame of truth going even when there was like the era of wicked kings in israel and there was just lawlessness and so guys i think we're at that point now i mean i don't know but i i love big ministries that are making it Derek prince ministries my family runs it you know this is all um very important work that's going on and please pray for those because they're also under attack constantly you know michael, they're effectual uh you're just yes, joining sir. us we're live with evangelist michael basham uh, when you oh, just God. mentioned pride it made me remember, and uh, I'm going to read the verse here momentarily, but you're right. 
all month long were glorifying pride in this nation. Pride of what? Being a sodomite? Uh, any kind of pride's wrong. Right. But we're actually snubbing our nose at God and His Word. And people would do well to know the Word because Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And we know also it's, wait a minute, said, I didn't read, oh, okay, verse 19 says, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So we also know that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. There's another verse there. Brother, I would place a bet right now that we're going to see a direct response from the Lord to what is going on, this abomination, glorifying sodomy, all month long and it's not going to be nice folks how can we do something that God calls a sin and you snub you put it in his face all month long for 30 days and think that God is going to just overlook that we're in some serious trouble and the good news is God can protect you and I the individual and our families if we repent of our sin you know, uh, and speak out against the sin, but the nation is going to, there's going to be a response from God on this. Mark my words. I don't know what form it's going to take, but it's not going to be nice. We're bringing no fruits meat for repentance in this nation. On one hand, I don't see this, this nation recovering. At the same point, God is, um, he's taking a poll of all of our hearts. You know, it's like uh, in the last elections, Michael, I voted for Trump twice. Sadly, he let me down. But as I told one guy on Facebook, I said, did you vote? I said, uh, yes, it's true. I did vote. And, uh, you know, it didn't end so well as for Trump as I had hoped. But at least I didn't sit on my buttocks like Mraz. Mraz was a, uh, a city that the angel of the Lord cursed. It says, Curse she Miraz. Curse she Miraz, saith the Lord, because they came not to the help to the help of the, uh, the Lord against the mighty. Paraphrased. This group would not enter the right. battle. They did nothing. And there's some people that will do nothing out there. Thank God for Mike Savage. He's doing something for you, Mike Michael, and what you're doing. Getting the word out over the uh, programs that you do. Folks, um, it may not go the way we want, but God does take a poll of each of us to see if we're at least willing to do what we we can do in our sphere of influence. Are we willing to make a stand for the truth? Are we willing to speak out against Pride Month? You know, are we willing to uh, do what we can do, even voting? Or are we just going to bitch about the problem and do nothing? And that's what some people do. All they do is talk about the problem, yet when it comes to to actually taking action, you can't count on them in the day of the battle, and neither can the Lord. And, you know, God knows who's willing to take a stand for righteousness. And there will be a great cost for people that do it in this time. Persecution is coming. Uh, I don't know how it's going to end for me. None of us know how it's going to end for each of us. But if we'll keep the faith till the end, 
whatever may happen before the Lord returns, uh, it will go well in the end. We just got to keep the faith overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and even love not our lives unto the death. Uh, I don't That's know if right. we get out of here alive, Michael. I really don't because war in the saints is coming. And the enemy is coming for us next. I put my last posting on Facebook. And I'm not telling people to get off of Facebook. But for, for me, they've just been hassling me to the point that I'm pissed off. And I decided to go to where, somewhere where I'm treated best, which is Substack. But I said this. America yeah. is quickly becoming a communist party. Even now, the surveillance grid is in place. Surpassing even the darkest days of Stasi Eastern Germany. Makes the book 1984. A prophetic book being fulfilled in real time. COVID-19 was the cover story for the brute force power grab of our freedoms by the World Economic Forum. And now as the WHO Treaty for the next pandemic is being ratified, our freedoms are in danger of being checkmated by the enemy. Next stop, folks, is war on the saints. We need to get prepared for what's coming. Wait till 911 in the Word of God is fulfilled. Revelation 911. Read about it. The pit is opened up. Abaddon or Apollyon, who's in charge of that pit, is given is given permission to take the key and open up that thing. And these creatures come out and they begin to sting mankind for six months, yeah. who are not sealed by God. There's some wicked things yet to happen. Uh, supernatural events, as Michael's talking about tonight, it's going to literally blow people's minds. And we've showed footage that's being put out there by Stu Peters and others of supermarkets where you cannot get right. in past the turnstile unless you pull your smartphone up and let it scan the QR code. Oh, you yeah. Me- you mentioned, um, I mean, that's coming. They're talking about it right now, uh, ratifying this thing. And it's going to be a uh, a COVID passport. And someone said, well, I'm good to go. I already got two or three shots. Look, they're going to require the booster next, shot number four. It doesn't matter how many you got before. That's going to be invalidated. You'll be considered unvaccinated. They want you in this system every six months to get a shot. I'm predicting right now. And I'm seeing strange things occur here in Bali. I'm, I'm beginning to see... Uh, people in the stores wearing masks again. Oh, wow. Um, not everybody in the public's wearing masks. A lot of them are not. I'm starting to feel normal again, not having to wear a mask. But I noticed all the employees are being forced to do it. In the mall, restaurant, shops, these poor people have to wear this blasted oh, no. mask. How are you supposed to breathe? And it's almost like you're, you're made to feel guilty if you don't wear it. But I'm not wearing it mm-hmm. at this juncture. And I haven't been vaccinated, I don't, and I'm not going to be vaccinated. Let me just say that right now. Whatever it costs, me and my family will not be vaxxed. I'm no fool. And if you were a fool before, uh, trust in the government to look out for your best interests. Uh, they're looking out for your death. Don't be stupid the next time. Repent. Wake up. Watch the videos by Stu Peters. I'm going to throw it back to you, but what you're saying is making a lot of sense. You know, I also want to say... I realize I don't control anything in my life. I can try to micromanage some things, but I'm like, God, I need your help. I don't have it figured out. By the time I, 
I think I do, I end up wrong and it goes a different direction. Uh, I know the generalities of where we're going, just reading the Bible, what must come to pass before the Lord comes back, but I mean in terms of timing. I, I keep getting it wrong. But I'm like at the point right now, I'm just saying, God, I need your help. Whatever you want, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Honestly, Michael, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. And I'm uh, just following the last instruction the Lord said, get your paperwork in order. So yeah. uh, I've been getting my family's passports updated. Come to find out, M Mama Narita told me tonight that she's got to go in a few hours tomorrow morning, our time, down to the local okay. ID office. They're asking all foreigners to come in and change over their documents and report in. Uh, they're fixing to issue me a new ID card over here. Uh, oh, wow. The one we were getting, you know, looks just like an Indonesian, but they're instead of a green, uh, green back, uh, excuse me, a red background in your photo, they want to give all foreigners an orange. They're keeping track of us over here is my point. And uh, I don't feel safe in this country, I'll be honest with you. It, I mean, I don't feel at home. I don't feel safe. I don't know where that safe place is other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I can feel the grid tightening. I see it tightening all over the world. And uh, we're going into some perilous times, folks. It's going to cause men's to hearts to fail them for the fear of things coming who don't know Jesus. It's hard enough as a Christian sometimes not to fall into the fear. Sometimes you just got to turn off the news. Uh, unplug from it. You know. Uh, but my point is uh, God has also not caused us, called us to have a spirit of fear and hasn't also called us to be a coward. You know, cowards will not inherit the kingdom of God. I have to remind myself of that. And so... Right. There comes a time where we're going to have to we're going to have to go all in, double down, and just saying, "Lord, I'm I put I'm going all in. I'll die with my boots on. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I'm not going to worry about my life anymore. I give it over to you for your safekeeping. If you're ready for me to go okay. home, I'll go home. If you want to keep me alive, you'll keep me alive. Otherwise, uh, you know, how can we mitigate this thing? We can't do anything against the beast." Who can make war with the beast? Okay. Satan has even given power to wear out the saints. That never set well with me. I've spoken to God about it. I said, God, that's not even fair. At least give me a fighting chance. But to say he's given permission to wear out the saints. But I do take solace and it says, my people shall do exploits. So there we are. You know, this is going according to God's timetable. He can also harden hearts like he hardened Pharaoh's hearts. You know, God is moving this thing along. And, you know, of course, we want it to come to its conclusion, Michael, where the Lord Jesus comes back, and then we can put all this behind us in the rearview mirror. But uh, many times I think I find myself trying to fight it and prolong it. Uh, maybe this just needs to go down. And it, it does say if God doesn't shorten the days, no flesh will be saved. So maybe that's where some of our salvation comes. He's going to shorten the days and wrap this thing up. But in the meantime, I do know we can't give up. We can't get into that fetal position. I found myself in almost that position a year ago, come 4th of July. Hit with sickness. Felt like crap. I had black stuff coming up that I was coughing out of my lungs. I said, this is almost like wow. someone who smoked. 
I don't smoke. Where's this coming from? Found this yeah. idol buried in my front yard. Told that story, smashed it. There was an accursed object that God helped me uncover in the front yard that was buried when this house was built. I forgot about it. The dog actually pulled it out of the bucket to remind me. God had this dog that we have. Remind me. I hadn't smashed it. Smashed it. Got sick. Felt like giving up. And then I remembered the leper said to the leper, why sit here till we die? I think we've got to build ourselves up in the word of God and in faith and get to the point where we say, okay, let's turn ourselves into kamikazes. And if the devil's <laughs> going to take us out, let's take some demon scalps and kick the devil in the ball sack before we go out of here. Back to you. <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit. That's the fighter I've come to know over the years that's been a source of courage for me brother because when i was in taiwan it was the same thing it was just like what is wrong with my life like what did i do god it's just you're taking ground you know they're gonna come out they're gonna come against you but hey guys rejoice in the lord ye righteous and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness it's not because we're doing a perfect job that everything's gonna work out and by the way if you're a christian it's not about opulent wealth in this world Otherwise, you're not going to be worthy of the, of the wealth God has for you in the future. You're already not worthy of any of that, but we're not ready to really face the level of blessings God has for us that are in our, I call it like tapping into your retirement today, because I've been asking God to catch glimpses of what he has for us. And boy, I'll tell you, there is no science fiction, fantasy, video game, whatever, anything that comes close to it, but you might get some you might use some language from those things to try to describe the giant crystalline city, the size of the moon that God has for us, a huge space station, whether it's in space or another dimension, it's coming out of my father's house made for us without hands. And Jesus Christ is somehow the, the groom to this bride of Christ city and the light of it. So there's no temple within and it's physical. It's going to be made from precious stones the walls and the foundations of it. Guys, if you would just open your eyes to the spirit, you know, you'll always feel guilty. You'll be like, Oh, I'm so sorry, God, I haven't really come up and spent time in your kingdom in so long. But I'm telling you, if you would get that vision, then when you open your eyes, you're like dealing with whatever crap you got to deal with every day. Sufficient under the day is the evil thereof. And pray for Shannon, because it's a headache to dealing with paperwork in another country and where you don't have guns and everything is like, it's a headache. It's a headache to say the very least, but he's a missionary there. And just the voice spoken out loud from his guests day after day, that's really freaking the enemy out. And then, you know what? God took me out of Taiwan, put me in Hawaii, got a bunch of babies going. And then, um, the family just pulled us to North Carolina. And I know I never feel anything is totally permanent. But I know that wherever we went, we were helping to establish the believers there. And I have a permanent portal that keeps pulling me back into Taiwan where I'm just, I'm showing up and I'm literally back in Taiwan in these vivid, open vision dreams. This morning I woke up and I was literally teaching my high school class again. I used to teach thousands of kids, uh, high school, all, all ages, adult. The funnest thing was to teach like third grade and then go from that class to my adult business English night class, you know, in the morning you're like, yeah, woo yeah, yeah, all right. You want everybody 
repeat after me. Okay, teacher Michael says. And then go into this business class. Everybody's very, you know, polite and formal. And I'm still all wild up. I'm like, okay, all right, guys. I, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be professional. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna be very normal. Yes. Uh, here's our newspaper article for today. That's by the way. That's how I got into this. Was I used to record those classes and do like a five minute monologue and put it on Facebook or whatever. Back then, you could actually use that pretty well on YouTube. And we got picked up by the fringe radio network and people. So it's just funny how like just sharing the truth, be bold, risk your job, which I lost a few jobs doing that, but it was like, I don't care. I mean, whatever God's, God's got me. And um, here we are. But I had a dream this morning. I was back in Taiwan. I was teaching all these high school age kids and I was trying to get them all excited. And I was writing sentences on the board in chalk, big letters. And literally the teacher's assistant came up to me in the dream. I mean, this was clear as ever and surprised me. He's like, listen, you need to teach these kids the Bible, teach them about the kingdom of God. And I'm looking at him like, are you actually saying this? <laughs> like, usually I have to sneakily kind of insert some scriptures like, all right, guys, here's a very famous uh, thing in English that uh, a lot of us use. And um, it's Psalm 1-1. Everybody repeat after me. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Repeat after teacher Michael. Come on, come on, quick. They're coming, they're coming, quick. We live there. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and is in his law does he meditate day and night. Okay, and then, you know, I write the whole psalm, have them write it down, repeat it. Salvation prayer, you know, that was last week. And then I would quickly erase the board and, you know, turn off my camera and then go back to the lesson. But in this dream, this was like, they were actually hiring me to teach these kids the Bible. So, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, I still got a daughter in Taiwan. I've, I've been through a lot of crazy things there, met good and bad people and cowardly people too. All you need is like a bunch of cowards and then one bad person. And that's basically an army of bad people. So you know, that's what happened in Taiwan. But just to say this, that, you know, the people of the Taiwanese countryside that are just hungry for the truth, man, they gobbled that stuff up. They were so hungry. They would all pray the prayer and then anything else you gave them. And I found out about Chinese history, that Chinese history is not necessarily full of paganism. Um, we don't need to just criticize everything in their culture. Indeed, there's a lot of good things in Chinese and Japanese culture that I fell in love with. That um, if you dig back into the history of China, for example, if I can just tangent here for a second, the figurist missionaries, they were Jesuits, but they, they meant business with the gospel. They literally almost converted the entire country of China to Christianity. You know, these are the old Catholic days and whatever. I don't agree with all their doctrines, but they, they literally were telling the Chinese, they were looking at their, their books and their histories and their religions. And they were like, look, you guys are obsessed with praying for your dead. Well, we believe that God can also save your ancestors and, you know, that they never got a chance to hear God's word, but, you know, you're leaving incense out for them and you're leaving, you know, food for them all the time. This is the thing Chinese people do all the time. They always leave money and food. And they just kind of took that and they said, well, we're going to leave the bread of life for them for your ancestors. We'll, we'll let you remember them and you can burn an incense stick here and there, but we're going to teach you the gospel. And they kind of, the figurist missionaries in the 1600s, 
they fine-tuned the gospel message to fit with Chinese culture. And they also figured out that Enoch is probably the father of China. So they were like, look, you guys have an old book called the I Ching, the I Ching, I Ching, and it's got all these weird, mysterious things in it. And it's actually, if you look at it, it's kind of a, it's almost like a computer code, zeros and ones. They, they do a kind of, um, it's, it's not divination, but they'll break a piece of pottery and whichever one's bigger, they'll kind of make decisions based off of that. And it's, it's very similar to like pulling, drawing of straws, which is also biblical. Anyway, these missionaries, they, were so effective that they literally got the emperor almost to convert to Christianity. And they, again, they were like, look, Chinese culture, it's full of ancient stuff that we think the book of Enoch and, and this and that, and we put them together. And I mean, this is basically a pre-Diluvian religion of pre-Abrahamic, pre-Jew godliness, because the Chinese people are a very righteous people in, in general. And, um, and I can say some similar things about Japan, like they don't, the Japanese didn't have idols until Buddhism came in, into the picture. They're, they're just kind of, um, they're, they have these temples that are pretty much just like Jewish religion. They do a lot of very similar things to the Jews. Anyway, another side, side thing, but with China, what happened was the Pope found out that they were kind of fudging it a little bit, like not going exactly the cookie cutter way that missionary work was supposed to be according to the Vatican at the time. And the Pope banned and outlawed all of this kind of the figurous method of missionary work. And he, he sent a decree to the emperor or whatever. And was like, you're not going to have any more prayer for ancestors, you know, and you're not going to mix any of this. And I don't know for sure if that's really the best way to do <laughs> mission work, but having been there and seen ghosts and understood the reality of the situation is very unique. I, I have to say I would lean towards the figurist method a little bit. So anyway, long story short, the emperor kicks out all the Christians, locks down China, slaughters anybody that is Christian, and China became closed to the West for hundreds of years. I mean, they were like this close to making, turning China into a Christian nation. Similar thing happened with Japan. You guys can watch uh, Martin Scorsese's Silence. If you want to watch a movie that'll bolster your faith and remind you what it means to be a missionary, Go watch that movie. It's not the easiest film to watch, but it's a beautiful film. And it's kind of a, a Passion of the Christ type of movie that Hollywood tried to bury. And I mean, it's a Martin Scorsese movie with literally Liam Neeson is in it. Great acting, great artwork. It's about the Christians getting stamped out in Japan. But I tell you these history lessons a little bit to just let you know that God has a plan for every nation. And we don't always seem to understand in the West how to, how to do things. And am I spirit traveling every day? I don't know. I mean, I just have these dreams that are so vivid, time travel, you name it, that I believe once it says in the word, if you have fear in God, he will show you his secrets. He shows his secrets to those who have fear of him, not fear of COVID, not fear of the government, but fear of God. And you can expect that God's going to send you on some adventures. And you're going to feel like you're going crazy because, well, reality is pretty crazy compared to what they're telling us is reality. And now the, the, the whole trans thing, I mean, they live in a fairyland anyway. Like you just believe you're whatever gender you want. Why not come to the spirit where there is literally nothing impossible to you? 
And the more time you spend in the spirit, like Enoch, the more time you spend in prayer and in the word and meditation and just let the trash take itself out every day. Don't try to grapple with the goats and try to fix everything all the time around you. Like just let it handle itself. Jesus said that is a secret. I believe that's how Jesus meditated and walked with God day in and day out. He's like, let tomorrow take care of its own trash. What about today? <laughs> you know, let's get, let's get more into prayer and meditation and focus in the word. And um, you might find some crazy things there in the word that lets you do some wild and out there things. But if you will take the plunge and go into the spirit and open up that realm, you know, I oftentimes see a gateway or a portal or some shimmering thing that just you just in your mind's eye, you step through it and you leave behind your whole physical life. It's kind of a death. And also you feel silly. So it's an ego death too. Jesus said you have to become converted and become as a little child to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So don't be surprised if it feels like that. It's like, okay, I'm making up something here. Well, I'll tell you, the more you do this, and you can start with something very simple, like just imagine the throne of God and all the holy angels and the worship and just by faith partake in that. By faith, take communion in the spirit with with Jesus Christ himself. I mean, what what's keeping us? And I'm telling you, this type of thing will bleed into your actual physical life and you'll start to see signs. I just saw on the chat. I mean, I keep seeing John 3.16 and uh, Shelly Spears popped in the chat and her screen name is uh, Jesus Saves 3.16. So cool. And uh, I see the comment there about mother-in-law wearing a blue mask, walking the dog to protect her from the forest fire smoke. That's, that's sad. Well, that's actually a useful time to wear a mask is if there's smoke everywhere, especially if you can dip it in water. And um, what would Jesus do? Christians are flying the rainbow flag. Yeah, those people are just not, they don't get it. Pray for them. I just don't, I social distance from those kind of Christians. Blessings to you, Gail and Maria, all of you all in, in, these, in the chat. I guess the UK had a big pride parade. Sorry to hear about that. Um, but let's, so Gail has a good point. You know, let's get together with other believers to encourage each other. So anyway, the chat's great. Love you guys. I mean, there's a sign right there that you chose 316 because, I mean, literally the last 12 hours, God has just had me look at the clock right at 3.16 when I was doing something, something of significance was happening. And it was like a sign. It was like a marker. Like, okay, do it. <laughs> I don't always live my life that way, but I'm just telling you, like, you're going to have those little moments, you know, meeting people online and not sure who should I invest time in. And then there's like sign, 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 sign. I was like, okay, okay. All right. I got you. Okay. We're going to, we're going to do a show with this individual. Or we're going to do this. And, um, get together with other believers to encourage each other. What if you don't have believers around you? And what if the churches in your area are, are bunk and you don't have a, a, the means to drive out of town to find something? Well, I believe that, and God showed me this yesterday, that as fitly joined together, there's numerous scriptures in the Bible about the new Jerusalem and the body of Christ, which are one and the same, a city, fitly joined together as living stones. And so forget computers and internet and all this stuff. We're talking about God's spiritual technology to almost like you tune into a radio station. You can tune in to, first of all, the Holy Spirit. 
I believe in speaking in tongues. You speak in tongues like you never did before. You know, Paul was like, I speak in tongues more than anybody. Well, hey, challenge accepted. Let's speak in tongues all the time. You're going to feel silly when you do that too. Everything in the spirit feels silly at first because it's, it takes faith. You're not sacrificing a child or a chicken or anything to access the spirit realm like the witches do. And you don't have to travel with your silver cord. You don't do any of that. That's what witches do. We do it by faith. And then the sign and the, the, the proof comes later. The fruit comes later. At this point in my life, I've been able to encounter so many supernatural miracles, biblical miracles, angelic encounters, that if there were ever a moment where I doubted the existence of God, it would just mean I had not spent any time in the spirit. I had been cut off from God for a long time. And then, yes, then the deception comes. Then Satan can say, well, is God really real? Or did he really say that? Or as long as you keep the flow, you're not going to ever have to face that. But he will test you. God will allow you to be tested. But I believe we're being fit together. The unity of the end time church is going to be such that we're going to know each other without even speaking to each other. We're going to know what each other are thinking like a married couple, almost like you just kind of, and we're all married through Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to make a culty statement here. I'm just saying that we're going to have this ability to fellowship and commune via the Holy spirit in a pure and a holy and an effective way. I see teams of five or six people going into the spirit, doing amazing things, not just hanging out and, you know, praying the rosary or something, which hats off to Orthodox Christians. I love you. I just teased Jay Dyer. He's an Orthodox young believer. He's like pretty uh, convinced that Orthodoxy is the only way. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. I, I'll get around to looking into that at some point. All the church fathers and all this stuff. And I teased him on one of his YouTubes. He's a huge, he hosts Infowars a lot. And I just said, well, you know, this rap song you made, this goofy song, this song almost makes me want to become an Orthodox Christian. And he saw this comment and he liked it, but I'm not saying that you have to become anything denominationally. Um, my grandfather, Don Basham, you can listen to his sermons, get some tools to how to hear from God prophetically, how to live by faith, how to speak in tongues, all on the Don Basham podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. The link is on facebook.com. I don't even know what denomination my own grandfather was. I found out recently he was a Baptist minister, but he kind of left that and went to all these charismatic meetings in the fifties. You can read the whole story and face up with a miracle and met Rufus Mosley, who was a Christian mystic guy. And then later on met Derek Prince and then met Ern Baxter, totally different types of Christians. Ern Baxter, I recently found out actually met Rufus Mosley. And these be, uh, Ern is like this incredible preacher. I guess he's from more of the William Branham uh, sheath or cloth. And he talked about Rufus, who literally just can't stop saying hallelujah every five seconds. He's like, I heard this Rufus Mosley pray, and uh, I believe he said hallelujah about 25 times in about three minutes. <laughs> he's going into the theology of cosmological Christian life and, and Rufus Mosley, you listen to a recording of him. There's only a couple of recordings and Rufus, he'll make a point, a profound point, And he'll kind of start up like an engine. He'll be like, yeah, you want to know Jesus? Hallelujah. You gotta have to spend time in the spirit of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
you want to share the kingdom of God, then you're going to have to spend all your time in the kingdom of Hallelujah. You want to share, you want to be in heavenly places all the hallelujah, all the time. You're gonna, you just, you, you share Jesus all the time. Hallelujah. You want to live in, in hell all the time? You just share hell all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's literally an impression of Rufus Monk, how he preached. <laughs> he had an incredible, incredible revelation of the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of love. And that's where I come from. So, I mean, what denomination is that? And who cares about denominations? We've got a war to fight and we've got souls to save and we've got a God to worship. Jesus Christ, the son of God and the father on the throne, not just any God. But you guys, you have to start seeing the, the broadness, the scope of God and what he has waiting for us and see how small the world is becoming. I mean, the world is just like, there's less and less luster in the world to lust after. The phones are all stupid. Every phone looks the same. I mean, who cares about another internet thing? I mean, it's just, it's all dead. It's all dead. What's alive are these living souls. And the real war that is happening right now between the light and the dark is Satan's kingdom trying to steal souls and using witchcraft and let me just um, brief, briefly, briefly outline what, what I do, what we do, because even my own family doesn't understand sometimes. In the book of Ezekiel, there is a very strange verse about the witches that can use their sleeves and pillows to traffic and steal souls. I'm not kidding. I don't have the verse in front of me, but you can look it up. It's one of the weirdest Bible verses essentially astral projection. You know, Omega Man and I talked about uh, Anton LaVey and all that last week. So listen to our last broadcast if you want to hear a download about astral projection. But moving forward, and also Russ Dizdar's testimony about the satanic super soldier program. What we have found out is that there are numerous people in those kind of programs or the psychics or the astral projection stuff that are right through for Jesus Christ. And they come in and they try to infiltrate and they try to cause havoc, but some of them end up getting saved. And then the war begins because then you've got to try to send spiritual backup and support to help keep these people from being re-abducted again and inducted into those satanic super soldier programs. And these people often have the most outlandish testimonies. Holly Baglio, Jerusha Eisbold, all these different names of people that I've interviewed and worked with at time at times. They have testimonies of being on the moons of Saturn or time travel or Mars. And it's always through some kind of horrible child sacrifice thing that's going on. That's their, that's their energy life force of their programs. But thank God you can actually save an antichrist soldier there. It's not too late. You know, James Casbolt and Aaron McCollum. Um, I have different people on our team that are intercessors that are foundationally strong Christians that are ministering to these people and intercessing for the, the people in these programs. But what, what we're finding is a lot of times an ex witch is more powerful as a Christian than a normal churchy Christian. I mean, as long as they've really, you know, repented from all that crap, <clears throat> but it's a, it's a real war to get one of those people out of there, but that's pretty much the, um, the overall, I would say, 
mission that we've been involved with. And it, it gets very dynamic after that, because then once you have somebody that knows how to teleport time travel, you name it, and they get filled with the spirit of God, sufficiently healed from their past, I'm going to get Holly Baglio to do a regular show. She just found out how to basically reintegrate all of her altars. She didn't know you could do that before. Sweet, sweet lady. Just really, really gung-ho for God. Has been through so much. Has a great YouTube channel, but she wants to do a podcast, so we're going to help her with that. And you're just, you're seeing these people rise, and they're like, they're ready to go to, to war, but for the kingdom of God against the forces of the Antichrist this time. And they understand it. They understand that it's a spiritual inter interdimensional war. A lot of these people are in different stages of financial, you know, doing good or not doing good. But it is so fascinating to see what God has in store for us, even in the spirit wars, even in just like, it's more than a talk show. It's more than, you know, oh, we got a business going. This is an actual military operation that I see being really, um, organized from the spirit and isaiah was in the spirit in the lord's day so was john the revelator who shows up for work today gets to go on the mission you know the early bird gets the worm who is spiritually minded today you're you are on assignment you are on call you're going to go in and, and we're going to infiltrate whatever enemy territory and i believe that's what omega men's doing in indonesia and i think that's what i did in taiwan and other countries and Hawaii. And I think that's what we're doing here, but none of us can do it alone. That's why guys, listeners, please pray for us. Expect out of the box miracles, expect those angelic encounters. And if you start spending time in prayer, I'm not talking about new age. I'm not talking about tarot cards or any of that crap. I'm talking about actual meditative spending time with God in the secret place, the room within the room. You know, there's a reason why Satan makes fun of, you know, oh, you're in the closet, you know, oh, that's gay, oh, you're, because it's, Jesus says, go into the closet, <laughs> you know, and I don't think he's talking about your sexual orientation. The place to get into the spirit is in a place where you can't be disturbed by somebody that's like, can I, where did you leave the car keys? I need the credit card, you know, the kids are, you got to get away from that sometimes. And I'm telling you, if you start to open the spirit portal, not the stargates, not the, not the, the weird nefarious things that the deep state's doing. I've had, I've been attacked by super soldiers using stargates before I even know who knew who Russ Dizdar was. I actually had an experience with that. I'll, I'll share again sometime soon. But I'm talking about the spirit portals to heaven so that you lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily doth beset us and you are able to look into the eyes of your fellow brother fighter. You know that person sacrificed everything to follow God, and they are looking into your eyes, and they know you did that too. And then, boom, it's time to go on some kind of crazy time travel mission or whatever. I don't know. I woke up with this dream. I was literally in Nazi Germany infiltrating a Nazi camp, and there were five of us, and we were just doing our best to pretend to be Nazis, which is hilarious. We had all the, the dress, the outfit, everything, and we had definitely not prepared enough. You know, the German wasn't fluent enough, whatever. And we were trying to get through the checkpoints and, you know, show us your papers. And someone asked the, one of the test questions was like, what is the most powerful gun in the German military? And I was watching my brother trying to go through and he totally fudged it. And they're like, Oh no, you can't pass, but go home and, and do it and get ready again and come back and take the test. And then I realized we were actually, at the end of World War II, before the Nazis fell, like 
even their own ranks were losing morale and they weren't, they didn't even care anymore about their own checkpoints. So it was the weirdest vivid mission dream. This happened about a week ago. And all we had to do was go in, view some kind of underground submarine base thing that they had and just kind of observe things like the angels that went to Sodom and Gomorrah. And then boom, we had to get out of there. And there was this stress of like, uh Oh, what, how are we going to get out? We got so deep in, it was like, Oh man, we're going to have to really kind of weave our way through this, this um, Nazi base. And I, it was stressful. It felt like, um, it felt like one of these, you know, the Quentin Tarantino Nazi movie which I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or say like, Oh, I'm so spiritual. I'm just a totally normal dude that has the same struggles. Anybody does maybe a few more than some people, but I'm telling you the spirit loves everybody will do anything it takes to win a soul. And if you have that mentality, then God will use you to go and help win souls, even in your sleep. Which reminds me, there's a really funny meme of the, the German Nazi guy in, in the Quentin Tarantino movie where he's, he's, uh, they, they changed his uniform. So he's got all these pride flags all over his uniform instead of Nazi flags. And he's, he's questioning people and he's like, you are hiding straight people under the floorboards, aren't you? So we got to laugh at these people because, you know, it's just so ridiculous at this point. But God loves the Nazis and he loves those queer pride people and we need to pray for them sometimes love them at it from a distance that's what i'm learning about the super soldier program is that this is all the stuff that you see on the news is just the tip of the iceberg compared to what they've got going on in these underground bases with cloning with child sacrifice and they have their own version of time control and teleportation and i mean this rollout of ai is just you're seeing essentially the public version of what they've had going on underground for a very long time. So buckle your seatbelts guys, cause it's going to be weird. And we're going to need to be able to do things that are outside the box in a world where the spirit has merged with the physical. I was warned by an intercessor in Derek Prince ministries physically. I told her who I was and it was the 50th anniversary. And we were just talking to him. She said, look, there's there, there is, I need to warn you. There are these new, types of demons that are going to start showing up pretty soon. They're not here yet, but they're like these sexual vampire spirits and they're really strong and they're really nasty and just get ready. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, that sounds yucky. I don't like vampire or sex demons. Those are all, both of them are bad, but so this is some new thing. And I believe that we're starting to see the entrance of some of these demonic kind of a mixture of Jezebel and Delilah and they just like vampires, they can't come in unless you let them in. And there's a really scary show that you shouldn't watch, but my dad and I watched some of it yesterday and it's called from it's from the lost, the producers of lost. And it's about this town where people get stuck and there's these creatures that come out at night, but they disguise as like your grandma or some loved one. And if you're outside at night, they usually find you and kill you, but they found out that if you had this special talisman, which I mean, it represents to me like having the cross, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, you know, and the angel of death passes over, they can't come in. But what they do is they try to deceive you and they're like, Oh, little one, won't you let grandma in? And you know, grandma's creepily standing outside the window at night on the roof, you know, and the little girl opens the window and then everybody in the house dies and they use deception 
to try to mess with you so that you will allow these spirits in your life. And then the next thing you know, it's like, why is all hell breaking loose? You know, why am I, you know, homeless or what, you know, this is, this is the thing. There are rules and we can lay down barriers and keep those things outside of our fellowships, outside of our families and everything. But guys, it's going to get, there's going to be an uptick in the warfare. And so if you're feeling it, I'm feeling it. The, the judgment starts at the house of God. So this pride demon month, if you're like, why is everything going crazy? Why are people crazy? Well, maybe it's because you're going to be in some position of leadership moving forward. And God is allowing you to be tested, not above what you're able. And you can always ask God to, to give you a way out. If it's getting too hot, just be like, God, I, I need a break from this or I need some kind of rest. He will do it. I've literally just been in positions where there was so much on my plate. I had no idea even what to do or how to slow down enough to think about what to do. And I just cried out to God and then boom, my car broke down or something. I couldn't take a dang job on the other side of town in Taipei anymore. And it just kind of, the trash took itself out. Like it sorted itself out. And all I had to do was pray. And that's sometimes the last thing you think of doing. Cause there's so many people screaming at you to do something, do something, do something. And you think, Oh no, I can't, I can't stop. I got to drink more coffee and go faster and work deeper into the night. I feel like the energy of warfare now is, it reminds me a lot of the night before 9-11, 2001, 9-10, 2001. I was going to stay up all night doing all these different things. I just come back from Japan. I was 17 years old and I had this weird just sense of, I got to do stuff. And I'm going to do my homework. I'm not, I don't have time to sleep. I'm going to stay up all night. And then God literally told me, go to bed. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, you show me the verse. He's like, God gives sleep to those he loves. In vain, you stay up late. In vain, you get up early, eating the bread of sorrows. So I was like, obedient. Oh, yeah, I'll go to bed. Boom, the next morning was 9-11. Like, if I hadn't slept the night before, too, and then that kind of weird emotional, that energy of Satan attacking the U.S., of course, it was the Illuminati attacking ourselves. It would have been awful. And so, and of, of course, the marathon ahead of time. I mean, we're here 22 years later, and we're still running. And, you know, you've got to have the long-term perspective on this. It's not going to be over in a second. The end-time timeline is going to take its time. And you're going to have to be like, all right, how do we not ration food, but how do we kind of save our adrenals and you know, keep and keep sane, you know, where do you find time where you do indulge a little bit and just like, I need to relax and watch a movie or I need to exercise. I need to eat properly tonight. I need to get a good night's rest. There's just the, there's that long-term perspective, but guys, over the years, you will have a story that'll sound like a sci-fi movie. You're going to have people in your life that you're going to look back and you're like, how did I meet them? My sister, Allison, she's a painter. She just got to do a big contest just out of nowhere. A relative of ours, a Basham married to this lady in charge of a contest. Boom. Invites her in. She got, she sold a painting for 1700 bucks, another painting for like 500 bucks. This was a really big deal. And it was all a miracle. And I told them, I was like the same way I got to come on the podcasting thing was just like, literally just by accident, somebody got the wrong phone number, called me. And then I got to do the spirit wars show in 2016, just before all hell broke loose. 
it was literally at the time of the Trump inauguration, gearing up the, the election. Um, and I, did, I thought, oh, wow, this is going to be awesome. I'm a podcaster now. Boom, baby. You get your arm chopped off by Darth Vader. They're coming after you. You're going on these fights. You find out, you know, it's, you're the last man standing sometimes. It's, it's rough, man. I mean, if you guys want to do podcasting, I warn you. It's like you're inviting warfare into your life. But you're also going to have more blessings. Maria Love London says, a good reason to stay close to Jesus. That's right. And I, I talked to my friend in Brooklyn. I'm like, what do you got for me, brother? I'm about to go live. One minute. He said, tell the people to pray. To pray for these communities of believers and to pray against the enemy influencing everything and controlling everything. And it was just like, dude, you don't even have to tell me that. That's, that's already what we're talking about. But yeah, that's good. Again, Michael Savage. We can't do anything about the election. You're going to get your guy in there. You think he's going to be a savior? No, he's not going to wait. He's not going to do anything. You got to have the Holy book, the Holy book, the Holy Bible, you know, Michael Savage, Jewish guy, Mr. Rabbi of America telling everybody all we can do at this point is pray. And I'm so excited to hear that. And Alex Jones says a lot too now because I've always had this weird download that when the info war and all of our talk shows end, then the spirit wars are really going to begin because when you start to treat prayer, like your actual lifeblood prayer is like where you go into this chamber, this 360 degree chamber of teleportation and going anywhere in the universe. They call it the Montauk chair, but I like to think about what God has, not what the enemy has. And you can literally influence the, the times and the seasons and the, the course of nations and tectonic plates. We're getting earthquakes here. There haven't been earthquakes in this area since forever. And people are freaking out. And there's small earthquakes, but they're like, we have, I've never felt an earthquake here. And I've been here for 25 years. I'm like, oh, really? I just came here from Hawaii. Before that, Taiwan. Before that, Japan. Before that, Nepal. And I've seen earthquakes like 8.0 magnitude. Literally, I left Nepal two weeks before the giant earthquake. I left Taiwan to go to India at one point, And there was this giant, giant, terrible mudslide buried an entire town. Look it up. 2009. I mean, things that never had happened like that before. I left Japan a few months before the Fukushima earthquake happened. And God had me there. I don't think it was because of me, but he, I was traveling around a lot and he would just kind of put you somewhere. And then you're right there at that right time. I don't know, maybe the cloud of witnesses, or maybe we deliver some kind of a payload. But those earthquakes are very significant. Now we're seeing them happen here. Doesn't necessarily mean destruction's about to happen, but that means a shift in the governance of whatever angel or spirit is over that area. And um, I've already had a lot of weird encounters with, I think, Cherokee Indian stuff, energy. I'm not, I don't get into that too much. But I know, I know that I know that I know that when you are a spiritual Jedi for Jesus, you just get, and you're like, you know, the wind blows where it listeth, and nobody can tell where it came from or where it's going. And such are they that are born of the spirit. Look at Henry Groover's testimonies. Listen to all the shows he did with Omega Man. Look at the people who are living by faith. And then look at the history that happened around those countries and those nations where they were. Jesus says through 16, Homestead Shell says, anything you speak that goes against the secular world will cause warfare. Daily prayer coverings and putting the armor on 
and guarding our hearts every single day. Yes, very necessary. The war is real. She gets it. A lot of the people that uh, can put up with me, and, and, you know, it is a stream of consciousness sometimes, but you guys are like stellar professional homesteading doctors, assistants, secretaries, and big universities. I don't, I don't know where this team is getting assembled or how people even find me sometimes, but it's not just about me. Again, it's, this is, this is really, I believe a spiritual government, a culture, a heavenly culture where you can laugh and have fun and enjoy, but you have the sense of awareness that outside are the evil sex demon vampire things that are begging to come in. Let me in. Let me in. They're, they deceive you. Like, how could you do this to grandma? Why won't you let me in? And that's why we have to warn our families. Do not let in Jezebel, Delilah spirits. And by the way, for men too, Ahab is a enabler of Jezebel. Ahab was Jezebel's uh, husband. So I believe that the brave people are finding each other. I believe the people that mean business, the prophetess, um, Twin Candle Radio. Oh my gosh, my brain. Um, Omega Man, Shannon Ray Davis. A lot of people that have been booted off the networks that have lost most of their numbers, but they're still going forward. We mean business because we know it's a war for souls and not an, a war for numbers or making a name for ourselves. And so there's this two-tier system of like, we live on this physical life and we've got to do the internet stuff and the sound checks and the, you know, get, make sure you got gas in your car and change the oil and change the baby diapers and deal with things. It's the shallow kind of stuff every day. But then there's the profound life of the spirit, which the Bible calls you to. That's why you got to stay in the word as much as you can every day, day after day, the profound life, Jesus Christ to the people of the religious time of his day. They thought he was a gluttonous man and a wine bibbler and he was just so normal and whatever. The truth was his life was so fully orbed that it was almost like camouflage. So like God is not telling you to be some weird monk that just floats around in a cave all day. Um, you live your life. You do those things that you got to do, but then your solitary profound life, that is the thing that only the father in heaven sees. And you will be rewarded publicly for the things that you did in secret just before him. So the surface life, we've all got to do it. Yes. Okay. You know, and I, I really treasure missionaries. I treasure the people that are willing to keep speaking the truth, even though they're getting shut down and it's dangerous. And maybe even the FBI has put you on a watch list and all that. But there's the spiritual life that goes beyond your physical ministry, even your physical, Oh, I've got my show or I've got my thing. And that's something that's very hard to develop with the internet. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to behave at a prayer meeting, go to church. Very nice. But it takes the grace of God to have a prayer life privately. But I'm telling you, in, in my experience, if you'll be a little bit crazy, you can journal out some things so that you can look back at what God showed you yesteryear, that it's beyond Star Wars. Again, the weapons that he has to give us, Ephesians 6 armor, are so much more powerful than the Death Star. Even Darth Vader, who had more faith than anybody in Star Wars, knew this. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Even like 
The power of this battle station is insignificant compared to the power of the Force. You know, Darth Vader is actually a type of the Hebrew priest. If you look at that, his precious stone thing that he has on his chest, that's all very, very weird Gnostic uh, Christian stuff. And please pray. I have so many people on my plate right now that are so-called Christians, but they're dabbling with Kundalini. And you want to talk about opening the door to the dark side, letting in all the chaos and confusion and, and every evil work. All you got to do is start just consuming Gnostic Christianity instead of real Christianity. Do you guys know what Gnosticism is? I, I can talk about that for just a few minutes. Because less and less people seem to um, really have a, a long-term picture of Christianity, which is why I think orthodoxy is pretty attractive to young new Christians, especially young men that want to sink their intellectual teeth into something. Christian Gnosticism came out after the Gospels were written. Hundreds of years after Jesus walked around and was resurrected after he was crucified and pretty much the church fathers had laid down, you know, this is what we do. This is Christianity. And they did have a very kind of a formal mass, kind of a, the sacrament. And those are very beautiful things. Um, there were these new age beliefs that came out of nowhere. And suddenly there were all these weird little cults, the mythic, the, the Gnostics are so many different names, and I don't have all of it before me, but if you want to read um, a really good book, I interviewed Gary Wayne, Genesis 6 Conspiracy is like an, a phone book, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica of these different cults and sects, and we have a few good interviews on this subject. But what, what they tried to do, and why Gnosticism, and, and they mix a lot of Jewish mysticism and Kundalini and you know the chakras, and those things in themselves aren't bad necessarily but when people replace that instead of the bible and they get into all these other books you could even take some of the enochian things and, and twist them and turn that into a religion too what they're doing is they're unseating jesus christ they're denying the flesh there's a lot of asceticism i believe buddhism came out of this all these cults where you deny the flesh and you deny you know the passions of the flesh and you're you're kind of an ascetic um, denying any pleasure. And at the heart of those religions is that the physical world is immaterial and it's a lie and it's a hologram. And so you can't really trust anything. And that chair over there isn't really a chair. And that tree could, could also be a, a beast. And we are all one. There's no me. There's no you. We have no identity and God is everything. And everything is God. And all those weird twisted beliefs crept in after the gospels were written. And there was a very definitive historical event called Jesus Christ came in the flesh and died for our sins. So these other, these other cults, a lot of them were kind of like sex cults and whatever, but they also uh, despised the flesh, which is kind of weird. They despised the pleasures that God has given us and beauty. And they would literally um, and I don't think the members themselves even really knew this, but the demons were using this to try to distort the historical reality of Jesus Christ having been risen from the dead, that Jesus ascended master Jesus and 
Jesus could be any of us and we're all Jesus. And whenever you hear somebody talk like that, you can be sure that they've been influenced by one of these spirits. You know, pray for them, pray them out of it. I've dealt with, it's just one of the things I'm noticing recently. There is a lack of understanding what Gnosticism and Kundalini and the, the, um, it's old. I've heard this. I literally heard a family member say this. Well, it's old, so it must be true. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it's really old. Oh, it's actually not that old. It's actually newer than the New Testament. And by the way, Buddhism is a new religion too, compar- comparatively. So the Gnostic beliefs, watch out for these muddying of the waters. And we who share the truth, we need to be sure that we're not muddying the waters too. And that Michael Bastion doesn't go off on some other dreamscape thing and just make that the message instead of believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we'll be saved. Just imbibe the word of God, believe in the veracity of the word, spend time in it. Doesn't matter what it costs you at all costs, go, go with God, be a disciple. Well, these other beliefs are very popular. You'll notice Scientology kind of dabbles in that idea, and it's very popular with the movie stars and people that are egotistical. The true gospel is like a death sentence. It's literally like a death sentence possibly to any relationship with the world, anybody of this world. At some point, God gives you everything back. He's like, you forsake all. It's like Job. You know, he lost his family. Everything went wrong, but then he got everything back like 100 times more. That, in my experience, is what discipleship is like. You know, if you will be, you give your life to God, live by faith, and it looks like you lost everything, and then, boom, he, like, supplies abundantly, be- 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 abundantly beyond and above anything that you ever forsook for him. And he gives you tribulations, too, to boot. That's, that's another bonus where he's like, that's not going to be easy. But, yeah, you need a car, you're going to get tons of free cars. How many free cars have I got? I can't even remember now. People giving you houses. I just got a dang barn for fifteen hundred bucks, probably worth twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars. Just had to move it, and we got it. And now it's you know it's hard work to turn a barn into a little cabin. But I might not even live in it. I might be sent off to Timbuktu, and maybe this is like a refuge base for the end time church out here in the Smokies. I don't know. Um, God could just take me. I mean, I'm ready to go. Like aliens, you know what? I'm ready to go to Alpha Centauri and be a missionary. Like I'm the guy that you'd send. I used to talk to space force personnel in Honolulu and I was just doing food service, but particular restaurants that I was working at, I got to talk to military personnel all the time. And, um, a lot of the air force guys that were all climbing over each other to join space force, they liked me. And I would tell them some stories about the missionary jobs and stuff. And, they're like, why the heck aren't you in, in Air Force? Like, why the heck aren't you joining us? Like, we need you. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking about it. And this is before COVID and before Biden. So, uh, and before tranny military. So it was very attractive, actually, at the time. I was like, oh, I'm about 37 years old. I, think, I guess I could probably give it a shot. I did pass the entrance exam for the Air Force. And the next step was just a bunch of documents that I got distracted with moving and the end of the world kind of stuff that took place and a baby. But they were like, okay, well, space force is a thing now. We're all trying to get into it. And I think some of them actually were, I'm not totally hundred percent sure they were space force yet, but that's what it was when it was announced. And it just hit me. It's like, you know what? I've lived in so many countries and been in so many weird situations. Like 
you could probably just send me to one of those alien planets and I would learn the language and the culture and just kind of be like the Alyosha from Dostoevsky. Like you can just drop this guy off anywhere and pretty soon, you know, he'll make friends with everybody in the village and everything will be great and working out. <laughs> That's what God has blessed me with through my family and my upbringing, my mom, especially teaching me the word and my dad being an excellent stage presence, whether he's on stage or not on stage, just a very, very pleasant person to be around. But I was thinking about that. I think that might be why we're building up the spirit force now. And it literally, after that kind of got set aside, like, no, God doesn't have physical military stuff right now. The United States military could be destroyed at any second. Anyway, it's so corrupt. And I talk to people that have been abused, raped by army, high ranking people. And then they all tried to cover it up and just awful, awful things. So, I mean, it's like, it's like now at this point, it's almost like becoming a Freemason to go and join one of these operations, unless you're totally ignorant of that stuff. And a lot of Freemasons are ignorant. I wouldn't recommend joining the military at this point, but God has a military and I like to call it the spirit force, but it probably has many names and angels are in charge of it, but the saints are starting to become more aware of it. So you don't have to wait till you're John locked up at Patmos to get a crazy spiritual vision. You just need to learn how to fine tune your prayer life and then watch God put you on missions. Uh, a lot of us are going to see, we're going to triangulate with each other. One thing I saw is with the UFOs, they triangulate, they share energy. They, they have this going on. And by the way, I'm not obsessed with UFOs. Okay. I just think if there's such thing as a TR3B anti-gravitic, uh, teleport capable under underground kind of technology that the angels or whatever shared who the heck is interested in getting a big old yacht that's going to rot in a few years or a Lamborghini that's going to rust. I mean, there's technology out there like that. Like who the heck cares about trying to be anything in this world? If there's such thing as a med bed or whatever, I mean, this stuff is starting to come out and I don't worship the conspiracies. But what I do is I put this on my prayer chart and I say, God, apparently this is what the enemy's got. What do you got that's better than that? And as Steve Quayle says, you know, the prayer isn't, oh, God, please help us. I don't know what to do. The, the, the prayer is like, well, Jesus, through you, what can't I do? <laughs> you know, give me something to work with here. And you can even use AI. I, I think there's an opportunity for artificial intelligence if you are really focused in the spirit and you're really able to see like create and, and produce um, those visions, those dreams that you might even be able to. And I probably will end up doing this at some point, use artificial intelligence to paint out all those different scenarios and invite other people to come and start to like dive in themselves. And then let's see who sees the same thing. There's something called psychonauts that the Silicon Valley guys are all into and they all take the same microdose of enough drugs to get them high, but not too much so that they forget. And they all end up seeing the same weird elf things or mantoids or gray aliens. And it's always bad. Of course, they're always evil, but I'm like, that sounds so interesting. Why aren't we doing anything like that? Why isn't there a team of prophets that goes into the spirit, records their dreams, visions, prophecies, and then shares it and find out what the heck is God telling us right now. It's because we're divided. It's because people are afraid. They always say spirituality is new age. And then the ones that are into it, 
they end up turning to the dark side of the force and they become Gnostic Kundalini worshipers. So it's a very narrow path, people, but there's a way forward. I mean, God has a plan for us to really kick the enemy's butt. It's not going to be, oh, we're hiding in caves until Jesus comes back. That's for the, that's for the, like the, 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 the church that really decided not to follow God their whole life. And then they need a spanking. And God's going to give them a spanking during the tribulation. But I tend to recall some prophecies about the bride of Christ being given a place in the wilderness to prepare for her husband for three and a half years. Guys, that's the three and a half years of tribulation. So visualize the end time church being hidden from the evil and maybe sending teams into those mega 15 minute cities to rescue people. I think it's going to be dang fun. And I'm, I'm already starting to visualize that we've been kind of going into this. You can call it imagineering. You can call it whatever you want. The truth is the spirit is real. The spirit is active. The word of God is alive and active. And if you start to utilize it, like it's, something that's real and important and your life man shall live not by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god i need to speak these words out loud too because i can forget i can get involved with uh oh gotta get some more money now gotta get more jobs and ooh, gotta figure out babysitting and instead of i could this could be my last day and then all i did was think about building a bigger barn and I'm almost burdened even to have anything in this world. I'm an immaterialist. So to suddenly have a few assets is like, Oh my gosh, I have a car. Oh my gosh. We got two cars. What? We got a, we got a barn now. We got a, we got land. And I just say, well, this is my father's house, which it literally is. This is my father's stuff. This is all donation. You know, God can use all this for his purposes. I'm almost like, I think a lot of us are a little bit nervous to suddenly have this giant income of cash flow because we know when that happens, it's when Joseph helped Pharaoh to basically get ready for the seven years of famine. And that's why they put Joseph, Joseph was in charge for that reason. And I think that's the same thing with us getting Trump in there. And a lot of this stuff, it was just in time just to wake everybody up before the enemy was going to really lock down and start world war three with Russia and all of this other these end time scenarios are coming. I think enough people woke up and enough people got off grid and enough people moved to the countryside to now where I see like lots of different groups of Christians coming together, homesteading. And beyond that, I mean, I've got a downtown base now with some friends that we, we uh, share the rent and we can do our different ministries there and pay for the internet. Thank you everybody that's ever donated uh, via paypal spirit force zero one at gmail.com that just pays for the internet bill and just basically to just keep the engine running and i'm gonna i'm gonna put my entire life into this fight i'm not going to hold back i don't care if anybody understands what i'm doing in my physical life or not this is this is a real fight and it's a lot more fun to talk and work with people that are all in than people that are, they hold something back like a lot of my old missionary friends they got disillusioned and I told you the story, my, my friend Thomas Morrow, who had the orphanage in Zambia and big plans. We interviewed him a few times. You can look up the show on facebook.com, Thomas Morrow. 
And he calls me up and he's like, what, what the heck is going on? All of our missionary buddies are all like into getting jobs and getting nice cars. And it's just so boring. It's like, we used to be like Jedi warrior knights. And this guy literally dressed up in sackcloth and went to Washington, D.C. and protested. <laughs> That's what he did. And I think he's now ministering to um, all kinds of countries that come in via the harbor in Houston area. And he, he basically is a chaplain now and he ministers to them and he's, he's getting paid. And, but he's just thinking, what do we do? Where do we, what do we do? Well, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go all in and we're going to throw our entire lives and our, even our families risk our physical well-being to win souls. And you know what, if you burn out with all your candles burning on all ends for God, and a lot of that need, most of that energy needs to be in spirit, not running around with tracks all day and burning yourself out and becoming homeless because you, you didn't listen to God when he said, take a break, son, rest in me. I'll tell you, I get more done on a Sabbath kind of a day than I do in a physical busy work day. You go into the spirit, into the secret place of the most high under the shadow of the almighty. You stop trying to struggle and Martha it through and you just be Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, choose the better part. You want to believe God is going to take you on some major, major heavy duty, big, big things. I went to these nations. I felt like I was barely ever getting anything done. I'll be honest. I felt, I felt like the most loser missionary in China. I felt so miserable sometimes I would go outside and the Chinese people would minister to me because they're so simple and happy with so little. I'd be like, I'm, the world. I'm not even helping anybody. I don't know what I'm doing. They're making me feel happy. You know, personnel problems. It can ruin your whole day when you have people that are miserable trying to make other people feel miserable. And I'll tell you, there were some miserable missionaries at times. But after all that took place, I saw the fruit of it afterwards i saw the fruit of just god using what looked like a situation that was a failure because i left china in 2007 absolutely confused i was like what the heck did i just see and it wasn't until last year when i met a friend of mine whose son had just died he was in a period of mourning and we i helped him move his son's stuff to LA and we went on this drive and kind of hashed everything out. I met his other son who had come to the exact same mission base that I was in, that I'd left in 2007. They showed up a few years later and they completed the mission. And you know what? God didn't even take the time to tell me that he was just waiting to see if I would give up thinking, Oh, your life was a failure. And even my family was like, what happened to you, Michael? Did you get fired from mission work? Of course, I got back up on my feet and I got in touch with some good friends and I went back, did 10 years in Taiwan after that, 2008 to 2018. And then three years in Hawaii. Not perfect missionary here. Again, I'm just saying, if you have a will to fight, well, later on, not till a year, about a year and a half ago, my buddy Gabe Iowa and his son told me the story. They're like, Oh, you were in that city. Oh yeah. Well, we went there later on. And, um, after the big earthquake, uh, yeah, the, the government actually used our concept and the, that thing you guys were working on, you know, to get that publication going. I was like, yeah, they, we were always trying to do these crazy things and never seemed to work out. Oh no, no, no. We actually got that done for you. And, um, yeah, we reached, we can't even tell you how many people we got tens of thousands of teachers 
in China to use our curriculum and uh, basically share the love of God with who knows how many millions of Chinese. Rainbows after rain was this, this uh, I mean, I've been to so many Chinese communist government schools, meetings. We would go to parties with like these high level officials. We were infiltrating and it never seemed to work out. And I think they even figured out who we were and started poisoning us. A bunch of us got appendicitis at the same time. I mean, it was crazy. But my lesson here is not, oh, Michael's such a great. No, I literally felt like I was under spiritual attack all the time, a failure at the end of all that. And it wasn't until 15 years later <laughs> that I got to find out that, oh, it was actually mission accomplished. And I got healing. You know, you get, you get into a position with people that are very critical and negative and miserable, and especially if they have authority over you and they can make your life a living hell. But I also, at the time with our missionary end time operations, had a chance to see that, you know, that group was about to die. So God actually saved me from the despair of watching an entire network of Christians lose their faith, including my ex-wife that was going to become my wife and the next wife. And, and just the people like just, they, nobody was ready for it, but because I was kicked out in 2007 and never really let back in, but I was always around the network of people still kind of am. I mean, I was like in the limbo land and I went through all those dark nights of the soul and like, God doesn't want to use me anymore. I was ready for the darkness that they weren't. So that's why you're still hearing my voice. Cause it was literally like, I'm used to this guys. Yeah. Things fall apart. You know, you get, you lose direction and they're like, no, this is my whole life was my missionary thing. I'm like, you don't need a group to be a missionary. I mean, networks are always fluid. It's always like, maybe today, you know, Shannon and I do a show, but what if one of us turns to the dark side of the forest? You know, then I hope the other one won't uh, keep interviewing us. <laughs> you know, God forbid. Not that that would happen to Shannon or me, but that's the equivalent of how it felt. I knew people that were like Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker that were just good friends your father was a cunning warrior and a good friend, you know. How did my father die, Obi-Wan? Well, a pupil of mine named Darth Vader seduced your father. Uh, oh, wait, that's not how he said it. No, he said it very subtly. And that's how I look at people that have turned to the dark side. You still remember the sweet times, but you divide the dark from the light. Don't mix things up like the Gnostics, baby. But I'm just saying, I'm telling you this because there was a, another weird prophetic thing that happened the night before I got kicked out of China that has been kind of the theme of my entire life. And it was just go out there and kick up a storm. And I saw the sands of these weird dunes of sand that were being blown by the wind. And every time the wind blew, you could see the entire landscape would change a little bit. And I looked at it and I was like, man, if you ran across that sand dune and just kicked the sand up into the air, you would literally change the entire landscape like drastically. And this woman that was standing next to me with her children representing the leadership of that team of people um, looked at me and she said, well, I can't go down there because of my children. You know, I'm dealing with all these missionaries and all their poopy diapers all the time. Could you go down there? And I was like, oh, are you kidding? I'll go. Yeah. And then I woke up and promptly got kicked out of the um, 
the team that I was in just because of nitpicky control freak people. And plus I was pretty out of control anyway. I've always been anyway, after that, I went to probably 30 different missionary bases with, uh, with some other like more trustworthy buddies. And we saw the corruption get so bad in all of these different places. One by one, they would fall apart. These were million dollar operations going on from India to Taiwan to Nepal Japan, just the few that we saw, hundreds more all around the world. One by one, they fell. And, and then Jesus started to show me in dreams the Nephilim and these false Christ spirits that I had one dream where there was a teenage camp and they invited the Antichrist to teach the kids. And I was like, what the heck are you doing? Don't you realize this is the Antichrist? They're like, no, it's great. He's, uh, he's really good at teaching kids. Like, what? And then I would confront this thing. And this was in 2010. Um, we saw the whole thing turn sour. And, you know, you can see whatever's left of the children of God now as an organization is, is completely watered down, milk toast Christianity. They, they destroyed all of their spiritual assets, so to speak. And I want to keep that as a repository of whatever was good. The keys turned to swords that destroy, decapitate Nephilim demon giants. These, these wild cats of heaven that stand before the throne of God that you can summon and they just make quick work of the enemy. These things I've seen and I've experienced lightning angels that look like Fabio that have like lightning bursting through their eyeballs and not because I'm so good. I used to meet people that were really, really good at using these different weapons and just be like, man, I want to learn how to do that. Oh man, I want to learn how to do that. What spaceships? We have that too. What? And, um, and that stayed with me, but it's a little bit like I used to be a submarine, you know, radar operator, but now we don't have a submarine no more. I guess we could technically build one. <laughs> like you need a team, you need resources, you need, the all the training and the discipline and the the military thing to run a military and right now we're all kind of like obi-wan just strewn about just kind of trying to make pull ourselves up with our bootstraps every day but the podcast has been a good outlet uh i think there there come could be a time when we can't do this anymore we're gonna have to use the spirit to talk to each other uh we're already learning that training with that a little bit so, yeah, that's just it, guys. I mean, there's so much more I could say, but this has been two hours, and I I think sometimes Shannon just lets me take the mic for as long as I want. And <laughs> Michael, good. Uh, I don't mean to take over everything. Good <laughs> Thank broadcast you so much, tonight. Brother. Great broadcast. Um, before we close, I want you to give out your contact information. How do people tune into your broadcast, and how can they support your ministry? And I want to thank you for coming on today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you being really uh, more organized than any person that I know that's still doing this. So praise God. We, um, we have a, a website, facebooks.com should have, I'm going to get a new cash app. I, I just realized that the old one was not working, but we still have a PayPal. It's um, spearforce01 at gmail.com and Patreon is still up. I might use that and Substack come future, you know, publication moments when we can get to that. Uh, go, go to strange o'clock podcast as well. If you want to hear some really good shows, um, one of our special, awesome fellow agents has been co-hosting and 
preparing these these awesome engagements with PhDs and researchers and deliverance ministers. The Anton LaVey podcast just went up. So Strange O'Clock podcast. It's also on Facebook.com. So pretty much everything's on Facebook.com, a portal to Fringe Radio Network, a portal to all the other things. And uh, But most of all, pray for us because, you know, I mean, it's not about whatever, like we said, making a name for ourselves. Or I, I really want to see other people stand up and start testifying. If you're listening, you know you have something that needs to be shared. So by, other, by whatever means possible, even if it's just sharing a link to some of these shows, share a link to Omega Man broadcasts that are speaking to you. Send them a text message via phone because even email and social media is so noisy and so cluttered that people will miss that. It's word of mouth. That's how we grow. And that's how we're going to win disciples and souls. So yeah, thank you, Shannon. I mean, it's always so exhilarating to, to talk to your audience and um, my computer battery died. So I, hey, man. I lost the last comments there, but I'll, I'll look at them in a minute, but thank you so much, brother. And yeah, an honor to, an honor to do, be with you folks every Monday. Check us out. Uh, Monday, 1 Eastern with Michael Basham here on Omega Man Radio. Uh, also, Spirit Wars broadcast, uh, Strange O'Clock, and go to faithbucks.com to get links to those. Hey, Michael, uh, before I forget, I want to put in a request with you. Um, yeah. Uh, talk to your contacts and see if in the archive somewhere at, at Derek Prince Ministries, there exist any uh, mass deliverances by Derek Prince. Uh, Ooh. There are some that you can see sometimes on a video that's been posted on YouTube, but I understand that there was uh, there's a lot more than that was released of Derek, and of course, a lot of stuff's been turned into books over the years, but just curious if there may be some mass deliverance treasures in those archives over there. Uh, we sure would love to hear some of them. Um, it's like Wynn Worley, you know. Well, yeah. um, a lot of audios, but a lot of the audios that have been released, you don't get to hear the ministry, or maybe they didn't tape it. And you might just have a few minutes on the back of some of these tapes, but I had an opportunity through Pastor Michael Thier to um, go through some of the original archive, and some of the things I found at the very end uh, are priceless in terms of interrogations of demons. Uh, of course, the mass deliverances, of course, they have those on tape. But I was just curious if um, um, Derek had any more of that stuff. I, we know he was doing mass deliverances and doing deliverances, and he talks about some of them that he did. But I'm just curious if any of those audios actually survived. And... Um, I, I know that they do. I don't know that the ministry wants to promote that corner of what he did as much as more of the teachings. I have Don Basham mass deliverance tapes on the Don Basham podcast on the website. So you guys can oh, yes. listen to those. If you want to hear some screams and some <laughs> coughs and some, that's great. You know, I command the spirit of divination out in the name of Jesus. <laughs> You know, like that, that well, kind of you thing. Know, how do we learn if not by example? Uh, I've learned a exactly. lot just listening to some of them. And um, others would claim that they never existed until I um, proved them wrong. And I actually have some wow. recordings of when Worley interrogating demons. 
and some others do too and it's amazing stuff uh there's so much to be gleaned from it i mean you know i mean who teaches how to do deliverance for example in today's age not many i've got a friend who does a school of deliverance joseph jasinski but he's kind of the exception mm. to the rule and people write about it and they talk about it but i mean these are the pioneers and uh, one thing before i close uh derek intimated that in his ministry when he got involved in deliverance and began to uh, talk about it a lot he became ostracized by some of the christian churches they didn't right. want deliverance in fact they write about it a bit in um, the new wine magazine which i think that whole archives online i found that years ago and I, I downloaded most of them as a pdf i think they're still out there but um the point is is uh, people are not happy with it and um and then i looked at his life and at the end of his life he writes the two books uh, or two or three books you know on spiritual warfare and uh generational curses and uh casting out demons and talks about the backlash that he got and I don't know if I have the complete understanding it's just what I remember uh, from what I've read and learned um, is that uh, there was a period of time where he he didn't talk about it as much but then God rekindled it at the end of his career for the Lord took him and uh, I just think man who do we have of that caliber Derek Prince Don Basham the Wynn Worleys uh, today that are still with us. And I've had an opportunity to meet some of these people on air who are not with us anymore. Dr. Pat Holliday, John Lyndon Cook, uh, you know. And I went looking for the archives of H.A. Maxwell White on audio. Very few of the tapes exist, but thankfully a lot of the books and booklets survived. And uh, it's just, man, if we ever needed some of that arsenal, it's today. And, um, uh, I know there's a lot of people coming out talking about deliverance today, but I'm talking about people uh, of another generation, you know? Right. Um, some of the first ones that were, were there. And uh, I looked at some of the old magazines in closing uh, from A.A. Mm. Allen and then uh, the Healing Revival magazines, and they were doing deliverance and talking about binding and loosing back in the 40s, you know? Um, and before that, you know, uh, deliverance. People were doing it. I'm just want. I'm just curious about their take. You know, what what can we learn? There's a lot to learn. I realize I've only scratched the surface. And so, again, I really value the input from the, these pioneers. Um, uh, uh, what I heard was Derek Prince actually was taught deliverance by H. A. Maxwell White, which was from oh. England. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if wow. that's true or not. That was the uh, that's what I heard, and so that's very interesting. Okay. That's why I sought him out. And uh, okay, and maybe maybe y'all got some of H. A. Max White over there in the archives too. He did write a couple articles for New Wine Magazine, and uh, he I think he retired and died over in Florida somewhere in the eighties. So um, okay, just curious. I'll send you a text. There's something else that just dawned on me. We need to see if you have anything on J. Marcus Haggard, J.M. Haggard, Dr. J. Marcus Haggard, who was a uh, uh, okay. very close friend with Wynn Morley. And we've been trying to track down um, some of his stuff. Oh, man. You know, talk about the advanced course 
of deliverance. Guys like Wynn Worley, J. Marcus Haggard, and your de- your, gr- your granddad, Don Basham, and uh, Derek Prince. I think there's more to be uncovered. Keep digging over there. That's my micro sermon. <laughs> well, and then listening to it, too. <laughs> no, that's great. Keep, keep going. Um, li- I mean, you can have all those teachings, but if you're not listening to them and then putting them into practice, you know, I listened to one of these self-deliverance teachings, and then I went out in the backyard and did it and got delivered. Right. I was like, oh, my gosh, it worked. It's like, right. it's very it's very present. It's, it has to be, like, in your life, like, daily, um, kind of like we need to repent daily and we need to get the washing of the Word daily. And so, yes, everybody get these things. There's a lot of it available online already. But yes, we're going to try to do our best. Please pray for us. You know, the enemies tried to bury a lot of this stuff. And um, I look at that just... archive as maybe being like the Vatican secret archive down there. Who knows what's in those boxes? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Yes, you... it is. I uh, I was shown. Are you talking about the Derek Prince archive? Yeah. I mean, not. <laughs> yeah. I like to hear about archives like <laughs> that. There's all kinds. Uh, it's probably pretty vast. Yeah. Uh, you've actually seen it, right? Oh, yes. I've seen it with my own eyes. The pirate's treasure cove. Dark priest. Dude, I'm just salivating thinking about opening one of those box lids and looking at what kind of goodies are in there from the past. There's somebody, and they're in another country, but they released on YouTube what uh, must have been early, early Derek Prince stuff. I mean, it, it doesn't look like the stuff he was doing over in Singapore or some of these Asian countries or England. Yeah. This stuff looks like early Derek Prince. Like uh 50s, early 60s. Um I don't know where they got it. But anything I find on YouTube I could download, so I'm just saying. <laughs> well, the thing about the ministry is that again, they're they're trying to project a specific kind of a uh, it's a it's an honoring image of Derek, and so they try to stay away from controversy. I know there's a lot of things he said, for example, about the Catholic Church that are pretty interesting. But um, the people in charge of his ministry, it's like Derek doesn't get a say because he's in heaven. We kind of um, jokes sometimes about like, oh gosh, is this Michael Basham the only one that you have, Don? That we couldn't find another less jokey prodigy to carry on some of these mantles like because really it's it's got up to us you know and, and we're human and we have our foul abilities whether we're big ministries or or uh little podcasters or whatever it's just like it's it's uh, a committee kind of thing and so just pray that we get a hold of that information because i've i've got some people some sources of some very interesting stuff yeah i mean that i, I don't over... think they're ever going to publish so I went over to dpmuk.org, which seemed to have more than the American side. A few years ago, even back as far as 10 years ago, I, I remember when I did it. Okay. And I got online, I bought okay. everything I could in MP3 form, and they had some stuff that wasn't okay. in America. But the the number that was given out there officially was, at least online, was there was um, about 600 sermons on audio and about 300 on video. And I don't know if any more have been released since that or will be, but just curious, um, is your is your aunt and uh, uncle um, still heading Derek Prince, or did they retire and somebody else take over? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. um, just 
processing. What can I say publicly? Do 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 do. Okay. Yeah, we have. Uh, we can say that they're in the midst of. Well, because they're getting older, like they're in the midst of training up the next generation to lead and command Derek Prince Ministries. Sure. But they're still in control and largely will continue to be present in that because I think that these guys need to also continue to have like the last generation um, present. So obviously, you know, you, you can't just give everything to someone else and then expect them to do a good job. Look at Joe Biden. You know, right. you've got to have the right team. And I have to say that these guys are so awesome. They love God so much. They're interested in Michael Heiser. They're like fringe Christians. Oh, wow. Some of them. Wow. I had taco, tacos with the future leadership. There's a bunch of these different guys. Uh, you know, pray for um, Peter and, and Philip and his wife. And just there's a lot of things that entail passing the torch. And when there's like a lot of um, power in a ministry like that, there can be a lot of disagreements. So just pray for peace. You know, an amazing ministry. All that, but they're great people. They're really great. The people that um, my aunt and uncle have been working with. Um, Derek Prince Ministry is an amazing ministry. When I moved over to Indonesia seven years ago, I called my old friend Jim Croft, who, who I know uh, sits on the board, he told me, and he's told on the radio. And so I said, hey, Jim, um, I would like to get some of Derek Prince's materials in uh, Indonesian over here, uh, some of the translations. He said, no problem. Hey. He set you up, and next thing okay. I know, uh, I emailed the uh, Netherlands coordinator, and they sent me this big old box over here, Michael. I've never told you, I don't think, yeah. of um, uh, all the copies I, requ I requested, including his Foundational Truth series, and uh, They Shall Expel Demons, and uh, some of these books okay. in Bahasa, and I began to give them out. Gratis, man. They said, whatever you need, just give Ooh. us a list, and they did, and that's the, the giving heart of DPM. So it's an amazing ministry. And um, I just was curious, you know, um, if um, more audios would be released at some time. I hope they would because uh, there's so, so much to glean off the tapes. And um, at any rate, enough said on that. Um, thank you for coming on tonight, my friend. And uh, you want to close this in prayer? Yes, I do. And let me just, one more thing, you know, uh, you didn't hear from me. <laughs> but they love to give things away. So if any of you guys have a missionary heart, you're like, well, I can't afford a bunch of extra Bibles or books to give away. Just please, please just take my word for it. Email those, those websites as Shannon just shared. Like, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that they love to do. They're not going to advertise that publicly, obviously, but if you guys listening, I know you're a very active team. Uh, and, you know, we talk about spiritual weapons, but having the physical tools is so useful. So definitely consider just asking for a, uh, just a donation. Consider yourself a missionary listening to this. And you get those tools and you share them. Get people saved. So hallelujah, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to just fellowship in your word and your kingdom. I thank you for the culture of people who love you, who want to serve you, who want to bring everything into the light, and that we can just enjoy the fellowship and the partnership 
in the spirit as as we are walking with you that we would be able to bring more people into your kingdom hallelujah we cover this whole planet with your holy spirit let everything that is of you blossom like the man planted like a tree by the rivers of water whose le- whose leaf does not wither in the dry season and let the enemy have his way with his own things and whatever deliver us from evil though lord we want nothing to do with that and again i ask for a special upgrading a leveling up a new echelon of angel armies to be at the beck and call of every one of your servants that tuned in and anything that was not of you as well to be weeded out so we present our hearts to you as a garden Anything that's like poison ivy or weeds in there, just get rid of it. In Jesus' name. Just let your fire, your lightning, your water purge through us, cleanse us, make us fit vessels for your service. In Jesus' name. And bless Shannon. All the things that goes on behind the scenes to do something like this. It's, it's just a lot. So we ask for more grace for him. And just thank you again, Lord. And we worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. God bless you, my friend, and we'll see you next time. All righty. Thank you so much. Thank you for your patience. Bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Folks, that was Michael Basham. Go to faithbucks.com and also check out the Stranger Clock broadcast and Spirit Wars. Now, Michael has a Twitter channel, and if you can get over to Twitter, punch in his name, subscribe to his Twitter feed and he puts up those broadcasts um, they're awesome man he's getting some great interviews I think uh, God is uh, elevating him and he is a new generation of podcasters he, he he didn't get started just yesterday he'd been around a while but uh, what they're accomplishing over there just mind blowing powerful interviews um we're going to be back tonight, your time, which is going to be a few well, about uh, seven and a half hours for me. I'm going to go to bed soon so I can get some sleep, but uh, we're going to be back doing a special show at 11 p.m. Now, I'm plus 12 hours here in Bali ahead of East Coast time. So, Bart Sabril, author of a video a funny thing happened on the way of the moon to the moon and a book called moon man this is the guy that knows a true story about the faked apollo mission to the moon and we're going to be talking about um, some things that he was not allowed to release until his source died that was the agreement we're talking about a special program and uh, where you can see the footage of the interview and many other things um, how the CIA were tracking and actually captured Bart drugged him he escaped true story now this is this is not fantasy this actually happened um, because of the information he came across in his research tried to shut this guy down he had to move uh, out of the country multiple reasons I'm sure he moved but uh, for his own protection also I think a smart move and uh, he is overseas now and we're in the same time zone uh, here in Asia and so uh, we can do a program anytime and I said let's do it 
a daytime would be good. So we're going to be doing one at 11 a.m. Uh, today, my time, which is 3.28 here in the morning, Tuesday morning. So that'll be 11 a.m. my time, and that will be uh, 11 p.m. tonight. You don't want to miss this live program. Now, the way you won't miss special programs like this or any other program is simply to download MixLR. Get it on the app. Um, put it on your phone. And then mosey on over to my channel on MixLR, Omega Man Radio. Hit subscribe and notification alert. Anytime we go live, you will get a pop-up. And you can choose to uh, click on it or ignore it. It'll say Omega Man is going live. And you will be able to um, tune in to that program. You'll never miss a show. Um, yes, Maria, same guy on before. We haven't had him on since last year. Bart Sabrell. We've got a lot to talk about, including some things, again, we did not go into last time. And uh, I'm excited to have him back on. We're going to be doing audio only, of course. I'm not doing video at this time until I find a viable video platform and we can pull an audience on it. it takes a lot in the terms of resources and, and setup to do video. Um, and I haven't had a lot of people who want to come on doing video anyway, so really I'm a podcast, and I think I'm, we're best served sticking with that for right now, uh, except for the TV. Now that is something different. Uh, t- real TV on the Word Network. But um, yes, we're going to be on at 11 p.m. Eastern tonight. That's 11 a.m. Um, my time let me see England that's going to be 11 plus 5 12 1 2 3 4 4 a.m. your time Maria I would tell you just sleep <laughs> and get the podcast later that's early but of course uh, Maria is no stranger to staying up for years to tune into a Mega Man Radio she's a real special lady and we thank you Maria for uh, helping us get the word out about these shows all you do. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, let's see. Bart Sabrell. And then uh, tomorrow night, we're actually going to start one hour early. I've got a special early bird show at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. with Elias Santonis. Normally we start, excuse me, my time. Uh, I'm sorry. Your time tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Our new time, though, is Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. till we finish. Tonight we went to 3.30. And as I've said before, we'll go as late as we, we want to go. But uh, count on at least four hours every day, uh, usually four shows a day, live. And then I have a new channel called the Omega Man Reloaded where we're putting up um, the back catalog. We've got 10,200 shows, plus or minus a few. And we're releasing them all uh, starting with episode one. So I'm going through them. I'm excited every time I open one up. Never know what I might find extra that I missed the first time. In fact, multiple interviews sometimes in just one episode. I'm about to create some new episode numbers. So uh, it's a lot of fun going back to the archives. I have forgotten a lot in terms of what we've done. I mean, after 10,000 shows, you can't remember them all. So um, those are being released and check out that channel. Both of our current program you're tuning in now plus the reloaded program each have their own separate archive 
go to podbean.com. Now, naturally, it's going to take a while to begin to upload the backlog. I'm only doing about two per day, Monday through Friday. I usually don't do anything on the weekend in terms of uploads. But uh, they're there. And if there's a special request, like there's a request that came in to get some of Carla Butod's up there, I did that, put three shows in the archives that were requested. Now Peter Whiffen, we're going to work on that too. Uh, we'll do that. Um, but that's the only place you're going to find the shows, uh, maybe with few exceptions. There's some stuff that is up on YouTube. I'm not worried about that. But all of my podcast archives, um, I did close, and I brought it in-house for a number of reasons that I go into on in a previous audio. And um, we're going to be re-releasing them on our new channels. One thing that's cool is I can at least tell accurate numbers of um, how many plays we're getting on a show. That's kind of good information to have. And where, where traffic is coming from, etc. And um, we may have other platforms that you can get stuff on in the future in terms of some of these apps that pick up my RSS feed. But you got to have one place for your home base, and that is, for right now, Podbean. And uh, there we are. Very simple. Now go to OmegaManRadio.com. You're going to find those Podbean sites. You're going to find my Substack if you choose to subscribe to it. It's free. I'll post some things over there. Right now I've been posting videos you might want to check out and or a few special movies. Although I will tell you, I may have to apologize. I don't know if anybody's going to open up my last email and take me up on that offer to watch the movie um, on the Stasi police from 2006. Um, I saw the trailer and I began to watch the movie and I got so excited about it that I sent that email out recommending it, but there are a few nudity scenes in there. and I should have put a warning on there, but too late, the email went out. Um, but if you choose to watch that, understand there are a few nudity scenes in there. And I'm not promoting that, but um, it is a realistic look at uh, the Stasi of Eastern Germany. And when you look at that in the parallels of what's going on now, what we're doing now and going forward will make all that stuff look like child's play, kindergarten, um, because uh, the, the level of surveillance now is just mind-boggling. And um, the weaponization of government against the people. It started, it's going to increase. We can expect it to come. War on Christians is coming big time to a city near you and I. Uh, I believe the Bible is very clear. War on the saints. What is that? Who's heading that up? Satan. And he's going to work through his human agents. Persecution. Uh, Jesus said, though, if they persecute me, they'll persecute you. Is a servant greater than the master? And there is a reward coming when we're persecuted for righteousness' sake. So it says, great is your reward in heaven. So we ought to, we ought to know these things are coming. And I think it's, um, it's informative to know how other people had to go through some hard times and how they learned to survive. And um, there are some lessons that I think could be learned from looking into it. Uh, a true picture of what was going on over there. I'm also still looking into uh, Colonia Dignidad, uh, the uh, Nazi concentration camp 
that was over there in um, Chile with uh, former Nazis and um, what's amazing is I learned that the second in command is alive right now in Germany and Germany hasn't prosecuted this guy he's a pedophile um, Nazi, pedophile Nazi that's a new classification and they haven't put him in jail why is he walking the streets he's in his 80s but very much alive and the secrets this guy knows what does he know maybe he knows some things that uh, they don't want to be released so maybe they've cut a deal with him they're protecting him to protect their secrets makes you wonder at any rate I could keep talking I need to go to bed okay God bless you all uh, thank you Maria Maria said she's enjoying the shows already up on Reloaded and uh, just watch, watch what I'm saying you're going to see some great stuff over there that you never knew existed everybody knows that the archives have been up on blog talk for years but who did a deep dive there and a lot of the stuff was not titled so I'm putting titles on them before I upload so I will not upload anything unless I have a title on it uh, so there we are uh, help me by uh, getting the word out that Omega Man is alive at a new time Monday through Friday 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern and uh, send people over to MegamanRadio.com. Uh, that's where the archives are. That's where my updates go. And uh, social media comes and goes, just as our accounts have on Facebook and other platforms. But um, my website is the one constant thing there. So if you got any questions, just go there. Well, let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, bless everybody tuning in. We thank you for this opportunity once again. We cover us all in the blood of Jesus, and we thank you, Father God, for this opportunity again. In Jesus' name, bless everybody. Amen. Okay, friends, love you. God bless you. We'll see you next time.